Now entering Nerdist.com. Holy shit. <laughs> Valerie, I tell this story in the podcast, but briefly, Valerie and I bought tickets to see a show uh, called In and of Itself. Um, you guys know that I love magic, and we heard that this show is incredible. And we bought tickets, then we went and had lunch with Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher in New York. And uh, we both were like, well, we got to get out by four. And then we realized it was because we were all going to see In and of Itself. Plus, when we got there, Neil Brennan was there. <laughs> Turns out everybody I know has seen this show. Mike Birbiglia, John Mulaney. It's one of the most incredible things I've seen. You're about to hear me and the uh, star of this show, Derek Delgadio, discuss the show, directed by Frank Oz, uh, which is incredible. Yoda. I don't know if you know that's Yoda. Um, it's not a magic show. It's a one-man show that uses uh, magic as a vehicle to tell an incredible story. So you're going to hear us kind of talking about the show. I like that if you haven't seen it, you won't exactly know what we're talking about because that's one of the themes of the show is that like we can't fully wrap our hands around reality. So don't feel left out if there's parts that you're like, what, what does this mean? Enjoy the wonder and the mystery. What could it mean? Because that's one of the things that the show is trying to, like my album, impregnate you with wonder. And, and that's one of the things I love about magic. Derek is undoubtedly one of the uh, most, if not, I, I don't know if he's the most, but he's definitely one of the most talented magicians working today. He's pre-super fame, but he's certainly famous in his circle, and he deserves every ounce of that attention. If you are in New York... Or if you feel like going to New York to see a show, I promise you this will not disappoint. It blew our minds. It touched our hearts. Val is here with me. Would you agree? Yes, my heart was touched for sure. And he says, you'll hear in the podcast, people weep when they see the show. They weep. It's not just like, and this is your card, which Derek and I talk about how he doesn't like that. It's a show about identity. It's a show that is oddly moving and phenomenal. Yeah. People break down. He tells some stories about some of the people that break down in the show. And we were we were very, very stirred uh, by it. So if you'd like to check it out, inandofitselfshow.com. They're not one of the sponsors. I just know that they are uh, working right now, and I can't recommend it enough. Chances are, if I'm in New York, you might see me there because I'm going again. He says it's the sort of thing that gets better the more you see it. Uh, incredible, incredible show. Let's get to the conversation, as I always say, as quickly as possible. Uh, except these are my Largo dates. I'm doing uh, stand-up, and I'm doing a show where I am workshopping the book that I am writing about uh, spirituality and the mystery of existence, which I'm very excited about. Uh, September 15th, October 19th, and December 7th are the... Uh, Pete Holmes Living at Largo shows where I will be doing stand-up and bringing out guests to do stand-up and music. And November 9th is the show that I'm extra excited about because I'm extra nervous about it. It's gonna—it's called Pete is Writing a Book. I'm going to be uh, doing a little stand-up, I think, and then also reading stories and excerpts 
from the book that is in progress, talking to the audience a little bit, getting some feedback, and also having some music as well, because you can't just have a guy reading and talking about his book. But uh, if you're at all curious um, to know what the book is kind of shaping up to be, come November 9th to Largo, and, uh, and I'll make it entertaining, and also it'll be fun to interact with you guys to see what you think. So those, all those tickets are available at largo-la.com. Um, I also want to give a shout-out and a thanks to our wonderful sponsor, Zip Recruiter. I don't know if you guys are hiring. In fact, I know a startling little amount about what you're up to. But are you hiring? <laughs> Do you know where to post your job for the best candidates if you want to find the best candidates? I mean, finding great talent can be tough. But thankfully, with Zip Recruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employers employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just 24 hours. Holy cow. That's, that's impressive. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You just simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. So find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to get the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And go to ZipRecruiter.com slash homes, and you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash homes. Homes. I also want to give a shout out to my Pete's Picks. Uh, I actually have a new Pete's Pick because I was talking to my friends at Onnit. Onnit is the company that makes my other Pete's Pick, obviously, Alpha Brain. And I was telling them that I've been working long days and sometimes by the end of the day I am completely toast. So I told them that I, I wondered if they had anything for energy and they said yes and they told me about MCT oil. MCT oil is, is like uh, high-functioning coconut oil. That's how I like to think of it. It's medium-chain triglycerides. That's what MCT is, which are healthy fats that are good for both your body and your brain. Coconut sourced, as I mentioned, basically taking the coconut and turning it into an oil, or oil, if you're southern, oil, that your body can turn into energy more easily than carbohydrates. As an added bonus... I told them that I'm editing Crashing right now and the urge to snack the entire day. You're basically sitting in a dark room watching yourself on television all day. So I want to pacify myself with pretzels and just so many treats. They, they told me that MCT oil has a positive effect on your leptin receptors, which assist in keeping you feeling full and satisfied for hours. So they sent me some. I tried it. It does help with my energy. It gives me a warm, healthy happy, full feeling that gives me energy and helps me stay away from horrible, horrible, uh, simple white carb snacks that are killing me slowly, slowly, slowly. And it also takes the edge off of any caffeine I take during the day and gives me the fuel I need to move and to think. Plus, you don't need a blender and it's vanilla flavored. At least the one I got is vanilla flavored. You just add it to your tea or if you drink coffee, whatever you need, makes it taste even better. So MCT oil and Alpha Brain. Val, you had a funny Alpha Brain story. Um, it's not funny, but it... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. I found this quite charming. Um, well, I woke up the other day, like two days ago. I had taken melatonin, which I never do, but I took that the night before. And I was really groggy when I woke up. And, like, coffee wasn't working. And... 
food wasn't working and sunshine wasn't working. And I had this big conference call with work. And I was just like, hashtag not feeling it. See, funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the funny part. That's the funny part. <laughs> and so I took some Alpha Brain, and it just snapped me right back, baby. And I was like, perfect. An anecdote for, for, for the Pete's pick. Yep. Because they always hear me say the same things. It's not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It's something I take before bed. It's basically earth-grown nutrients for your brain. And I swear by it. Writing a script doing a podcast, doing stand-up, anything that uses my noggin, which, let's face it, is pretty much everything I do. I don't use my body very much. <laughs> <laughs> I take Alpha Brain. I always have four or five in my pocket because I swear by it, and I want you to try it. If you want help with memory and focus, concentration, helps me with uh, creativity, I'd even say, take some Alpha Brain, try it, or try the MCT oil. Or try both. That's what I'm doing right now. I am deep in the Onnit game. Go to Onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. These products are really making a big difference for me, and that's why they're Pete's Picks. The other Pete's Pick are, is our wonderful friends at Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web makes a hemp oil. It's the only hemp that has grown for human consumption. I don't know if you knew that. I did. But you I did. live with you. <laughs> Other hemp oils might, might have been belts or pants. This was grown to be pressed into oil for people to consume. It helps me with anxiety. It helps me with aches and pains. It gives me a healthy, happy glow. A little bit quicker to laugh. A little bit easier to move and dance. It just is a wonderful thing. It doesn't get you stoned, even though it's made from you know the hemp plant takes out the THC, it leaves the lovely, beneficial, mild CBD, and I take it most days. I swear by it. If I'm just feeling a little bit pinched, a little bit grumpy, just a drop or two of the Everyday Advanced Mint Chocolate Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil, and I just feel a little bit more like myself, or more frankly, I feel more like the Pete than I'm trying to be. Just a happier, healthier, friendlier Pete. So, try it. I like the Everyday Plus or the Everyday Advanced. Mint chocolate is the way to go. Go to cwhemp.com and use promo code KEEPITCRISPY and you'll get 10% off from our friends at Charlotte's Web. We also have another uh, wonderful new sponsor, which is HBO's hit comedy series, Vice Principals, starring one of my all-time favorites, Danny McBride, playing Neil Gamby. It's returning for a second and final season after getting shot by a person wearing a warrior mask who tried to do murder against his body. <laughs> Gamby returns with a vengeance. Gamby's search for the killer and vendetta to find the person who shot him leads to leads leads him to suspect everyone... <laughs> that's a weird way to phrase it. Everyone he's, uh, he surrounds himself with, including his inner circle. So tune in to the season premiere of the hilarious Vice Principals Sunday, September 17th at 10.30 p.m. only on HBO. That's it, guys. Ooh. Well, it's a long intro because we talked a lot about... A lot of things. Derek Delgadio. Yeah. And his show in and of itself, which Worth you should it. go see. Uh, unbelievable. I'll never forget this show. Hope to see you guys at Largo September 15th, October 19th, or December 7th, or for the special book show, November 9th, Largo-LA.com. Try a Pete's Pick. Thank you, Zip Recruiter. Thank you, Vice Principals. Enjoy Derek Delgadio. Get into it, ZipRecruiter. Valerie. <laughs> How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Good. How's it been since I've seen your shows? Uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, 
it's like Groundhog Day. You just do it every day. <laughs> hope, same hope for the best. Well, you uh, must know the we're by, we're recording. I don't want to. Uh, that's fine. Uh, trick you. We're on the right. You don't want to. You want to scare Moochie me? <laughs> What's that? Well, you know where you're on the record and you didn't know it. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> we do do that often. We all Thank the you time. very much. But you must know the Steve Martin bit. Uh, he, he must, Steve Martin, is he a hero to a magician? Because he's such a great comedian actor and he brought some. We were talking about like bringing legitimacy yeah. to magic and he yeah. loves magic. And I don't know if he's a hero to many. He is to me. Yeah. I mean, he certainly is. I, I, but then again, he got. He got out, so it's yeah, hard I know. to. I know it's like you know, it's hard to to you know to uh, maintain what you do and worship someone who got out of it. Right. Uh, it's like uh, saying you really love your dad, but your dad left when you were four. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Like, but he seemed great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the best. Wish he was still around. We have a lot of footage of how great he yeah. was. Yeah, it really it kind of breaks my heart too because he was such a he's such a great comedian influence of mine. But he has that bit where he goes, I think it's a normal thing to uh, get up on stage and do the same thing over and over and mm-hmm. over and over. And I think of that on stage all the time. His book was one of the most wonderful and heartbreaking yeah. reads of my life. Haunting. Yeah. Dare I say haunting. Yeah. It was like it made me feel like I was on the road alone and sad. Yeah, that's the moment. <laughs> the, the moment when, when he says he's you know he's performing for 30,000 people at a time and then yeah. goes back to his hotel room alone and you realize, oh, this will never change. Like, right. you'll just, you're always going to be sad. Well, it's wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. But he even says it in it. He says, I could have brought friends with me. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, you should have done Steven. that. Steven. <laughs> should have done that. That would have been... Bring a crew. Wise. You're making millions in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a lot of money. It makes sense why you see people have posses. You got to have a posse. You got to have a posse. I, I used to roll my eyes, just like I think most people, when you'd see an entourage. And I was like, no, that's a guy guarding himself, or a woman, against the loneliness of the road. So yeah. you bring some friends... They might be well-wishers. They might be – some might be hangers-on, but some of them might be like real legit people that you trust with your books or you trust with your sanity and then would still have Steve Martin. Did you say books? Books. I know some guys that use friends to like go through their credit cards and stuff. Oh, books. books I, I like thought you meant money. like yeah, – money. I <laughs> thought you meant like carrying books around. Like so you only have a few books and you only trust a few people with them. No. So you're in Groundhog Day. That's what it feels like right now. I mean, it's it's great. It's a it's a good day to to relive over and over again. It sure is. I try and think of that. You know, I'm in the grind of doing mm-hmm. crashing, and uh, it's very tiring. Yeah. And it, even though it's different, you know, we're doing different scenes, but we do those scenes eight times. You know, right. in that day, and you do it over and over. So there's a little monotony, and then you go in a couple weeks, and for you, I'm assuming a couple months. When will you be done? Um, right now, it's through December thirtieth. Okay. Um, so you got so a while, <laughs> at least, yeah. Uh, but, but you'll miss it, is my point. When it's done, uh, you'll go. Remember that one? Yeah. Or yeah. is that not the case for you? No, no. I, I, I don't know if I remember individual. Well, so I remember the bad ones, but uh, I, I do. Um, uh, it's different, you know. You miss, you miss it when, yeah, you miss what you don't have. So, right. So as soon as you stop, uh, you. you you wish you could have a chance to go back and do it again. Right. Yeah. But you probably have little moments on stage or even backstage where you're kind of like, this is it, man. I got here. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about success or fame. No, I'm no, no. I'm saying you're there and you're about to do it's, the yeah. part of the show that's your favorite. I, uh, uh, gratitude. I have a lot of gratitude. Right. Like, I'm, I'm constantly uh, 
appreciative of the opportunity I have, and not not a commercial opportunity. There's, yeah, it's, you know, you're doing it's a small it. theater, but like it's to be able to to get up and and do the thing you want to do, and and I made it the way I wanted yeah. to make it, and, and that's very evident. I, 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 if this was a standard show, I'd say that your show at the beginning, but here we are in the middle. It's the most amazing show ever. Oh, thanks. I, I know that that sounds trite. It's it's a shame that we start calling it does. It just cans like of Coke just, like, yeah. this is an amazing time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just soda. But when you watch a show like yours, I've been telling everybody to go. Quite a few people from our show have gone, and they all agree. But the story was we went, me and Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero went to lunch with mm-hmm. Val. And then we were like, we got to go at 5 we have this thing, and we were going to the same show, mm-hmm. which was your show. And then when we got there, Neil Brennan was there. Yeah. So it was like a comedian audience. So we all went organically, and we all had just the best time in the world. Oh, that's good. It was incredible. That's great. I mean, these words are ruined by posters for the Avengers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but this truly was incredible. There's no, there's no cheat to it. Like in film and, and movies and special effects and stuff, when you watch someone do something very simple... And elegant and also amazing. I read a review that said, like, you use magic as a metaphor for, mm-hmm. for in your storytelling. Yeah. That's not the point. And we discussed a little bit about how you don't really even like magic. <laughs> it, uh, no, I, I, I don't. Traditional. Like, I, I don't like um, generally how it's used or, um, uh, you know, the, the place it comes from for a lot of the people that do it, which is uh, – you know the stereotype, which is you know a guy looking for attention or a guy trying to uh, pick up chicks or or whatever. Isn't that funny, man? It's, we say that in comedy too all the time on the show. We go, if you got into comedy to get laid mm. or to be famous or to be rich, it's like we don't want you. Yeah, we're like cheese scented nerds that love comedy, and you're cheese scented nerds that love magic. Yeah, you love the art of it. Yeah, and and uh, you know, there's not a lot of examples of of uh, you know or any of people you know, using traditional magic or illusions or sleight of hand to actually say something about the world we live in. Right. And, and that's unfortunate because it's a, it's a powerful medium, which is part of uh, – it's the gift and the curse of magic is that my friend uh, Michael Weber has always said uh, magic is a strong enough medium to carry uh, a weak performer, mm. which is true because the right. a moment of magic is astonishing. Uh, and you kind of don't need anything else if you're able to just get through that. Right. And if so you, the, the bricks are good, you, the mortar can yeah, be real you don't, shitty. You don't need to, yeah, exactly. You don't need to add anything to it. Um, but that's a shame. That is a shame. It's almost like these fools have something precious to you, and you guys are like, how can we use this flavor? And they're like, well, what if we just use just the flavor? Yeah, like, I look at it as like paint. You mm-hmm. know, if you look at a magic trick as a paint or color of paint, and you just think to yourself, well, what do I want to paint as opposed to showing people paint uh it's it's uh you know there's a lot more opportunity there because if you look at it as uh not necessarily the end result but the beginning of a process and then you have to figure out what you're going to express or what you're going to say or what you're going to show people with this thing that you have or know how to to create um i think that's where the opportunity is right because you you don't want it to be cheap right or or just no presented for itself. For or, itself, yeah, yeah, for its own sake. You yeah. Want, well, you, your show, I, the main word I would use 
And we're on a show where we improvise. I'm talking about crashing. We improvise a lot. We rewrite in the middle of the scene sometimes, all this stuff. Your show, one of the things that was so pleasant to me was that it was like a block of wood. And I mean that in the high compliment, like Japanese kind of Zen architecture mm. way. It was like, it was this beautiful piece of wood that seemed so. You know, it was casual, but also very deliberate. You, I mean, your performance wasn't like, yeah. oh, I know what I'm doing, and I do my monologue, and I do this trick. You were very, very there, right. but it had this solidity that was so wonderful to go. I, this is the compliment I gave you, is I go to magic shows all the time, not not as much as I'd like, but I go all the time, <laughs> and my expectations... That's the first time that's ever been. I want to go all the time! Yeah. I love it! But I go, and my expectations are so high. You'll read the description of the show. It'll mm-hmm. be like, the amazing Jacob Robbie yeah. will blow your mind and read the the energy of the crowd in a stirring finale that everybody... And, and you go, and you're like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. Yeah. This was the first show I went and Val will tell you, it's actually kind of a vulnerable thing as an audience member, is you go and my heart is open. Yeah. I want it to be amazing. And yours was the first show I've seen where it was like, I trusted you. Yeah. And I appreciate you using that trust for majesty. Yeah, for like yeah. something truly incredible. Yeah, I think, I think that, the, um, you know, like you were talking about ruining words earlier. Mm. Um, I, um, words like amazing, incredible, incredible, um, I'm, you know, <laughs> remarkable. Magic is you know, a word that's you know as ruined or more ruined than any word. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's everyone uses magic to describe everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pepsi, uh, right. Disney, everything is you know experience the magic, the magic of this, magic of that. And there's actually no, we haven't agreed on what that word means at all yes. in in culture. Um, but I decided. Uh, a long time ago for myself what it meant and it and it was you know something truly extraordinary something beyond explanation something right. pro- profoundly uh, uh, some some experience is profound and and i feel an obligation to deliver on that word if if it's going to be used in See, asso- in association with my work that's you know? it you're saying yeah. I'm going to do what magic was supposed to be the first time someone saw something magical and was like, we'll call that magic. Yeah. And then it got ruined. It got co-opted by Pepsi and Disney and all these things. And, p- and people doing tricks, which and is different. your own kind <laughs> kind yeah. of selling you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, uh, it, is, it gets cheapened for sure. And, and, and so, so I, try to, I try to deliver on at least my concept of what magic is, which right. is uh, uh, tradition, more traditional than the way it's used normally. Right. More, yes, going going way back to when we actually had our minds blown by that. Exactly, yeah. But your show does blow minds. People cry. Every night. <laughs> yeah. Mostly me, There's... but mostly me. Mostly. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't, obviously, I, when I invited you on the show, I was like, we're not going to spoil it. But just to talk about yeah, sure. it in general terms, people go in... And just like, you know, we talked a little bit about my joke on Conan. People go in arms crossed. You know what I mean? You bring, yeah. Like, they're, they're going. Like, I, let's say I'm going and I bring a friend. Chances are my friend isn't as excited as me. I'm like a magic For lover. Sure. And my friend is probably just, like, threatened by it and yeah. upset by it. Like, you're a fool for falling for it. Right in some way, like completely. I'm, they're just like, you're not going to get me. No, you're, you're. They take this as your card as fuck you. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah, and the uh, the defenses go up, and it's it's um, and you're you we talked about this a little bit. Uh, your your bit about 
Is bit okay? Is yep, bit it's in the word. Bit, bit is the word. word. I don't know word. if it's like saying patter. trick or patter. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, no, I bit is correct. You know, I'm um, still not sure if tune is correct for musicians. Diddy. I see them go, they prefer <laughs> Diddy. Uh, <laughs> if John Cougar is to be believed, <laughs> it's a Diddy. It's a Diddy. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, the the bit about um, about you seeing uh, magic and, yeah. and all that, it's uh, it's true that that um, people go in it to ruin it yeah. for themselves, and it's. Uh, a remarkable uh, social contract that people have with magic that they don't have with any other right. performance art or art form. Nobody at picks all. up no a book in, like I'm going to hate this book. No, this is going right. to. I'm going to fucking read this. But you look this past is, bad makeup in movies. Like, everything. No, that yeah. is old Leonardo DiCaprio. This yeah. is fine, <laughs> but with yeah. magic, you go why. It's so similar to comedy. Well, I think me. I think part of it part of it has to do with intention. I think that I think that that. However long ago things changed, uh, maybe it was you know turn of the last century, but like people understand that the guy doing it is doing it for reasons that aren't necessarily pure, right? And so like the intention behind it is like, all right, Buddy. all right, douchebag, let's see it. Is right. there, I think is the feeling because like they maybe they've encountered it's the loudmouth at the cocktail party. Sorry, they've encountered yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean the blowhard. If every if every comedian was a bad lounge act, you know, if to, if, if Tony Clifton <laughs> yeah. was real and every comedian they've ever encountered, <laughs> they might not like comedy. It might not be a thing <laughs> for them. And I couldn't blame them. But for you're that. right. And so yeah, it's an unfortunate hurdle. Um, but it's also, in, in a sense, um, uh, I, I try to use that knowledge. Uh, I don't say against them; that's kind of defeats the purpose. But I try to, I try to acknowledge that that but is that's a real so thing great. of them coming into it arms crossed, right? And I let them, I let them ease into the water and get, but buddy, get there. That's know? what is so beautiful about your show. And again, speaking about it in vague terms, you don't come out and have a cane appear with a flash of flash paper. No. You know, there isn't like a. Let me prove right away that I'm a wizard. Right. Well, we could talk about it a little bit. You don't need to. You don't need to. Well, you come out and you do it, it very you slow. You yeah, do this, it it's very. It's slow. slow. In fact, we could we could even talk about how slow it is, so we lower standards for people <laughs> and make them think it's even slower than it is, and so then they'll be like, "This is moving along." But so. if you were Tony Clifton, you open with, "I got no kick from champagne." Like you have to start. <laughs> strong. <laughs> you have to start strong. Yeah, yeah. And what we talked about after the show was. Especially when you're headlining, a, a good move. You don't see it a lot in specials, mm -hmm. you know, comedy specials, because typically comedy special, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're there to see you and you only have a certain amount of time. And you, sure. You know, but at a live show, uh, you'll see, go to the Village Underground or the Cellar or whatever. If you see the headliner going up, they take that moment up top to say, without saying it, I'm not here to dance for you. Yeah. It's a very powerful thing. Yeah. You open with something that's not Shazam. Because you you know you have Shazam in your back pocket, and you're telling them that you're not driving the car. I feel like the guy with the cane or the doves that fly out of his pockets first thing out is saying, "Please love me, I'm magic." Yeah. Well, <laughs> mo most. I mean, I'm in a unique position where I have the opportunity to ha to take my time, um, which not everyone has. I mean, uh, uh, you know, most. Uh, most magicians are like most comics probably in the sense that they minutes. have – yeah, you yeah. get your 15 minutes or whatever. And right. that's 15 minutes. 20 minutes is a lot, right? You've worked up to that. You, right. Maybe you started out with much less. And so uh, you, you want to get in what you can in that little of time. So I have I have a whole show to, to say what I want to say. Right. And, uh, and you know, crafted an entire experience 
around this thing. So you can you can but, have an arc. You can build. You don't to it. think though it's not built in as well as it is with comedy that it's like okay you're doing fifteen because you're the opener mm-hmm. and later you'll get an hour because you'll be the headliner. It I don't see that structure as much. Maybe or maybe I'm wrong in magic. No, it no. There aren't as many opportunities for you to do an hour. There are not any really. <laughs> That's not. what I'm saying. No, you yeah. need to create your own. You can't go to a, a comedy. You can go to the Magic Castle. That's a rare place, but you can't go to a comedy club and see a guy do his one hour show. You have to go to something unique like you. Yeah, I mean, even the Magic Castle, which is a great one of the only places to really experience magic the way that you'd experience comedy at a comedy club. Um, but even then, the headliners get. 20 minutes right so it's 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 insane it's so yeah. this is where you get doves out the sleeves in the first five minutes yeah and, and you have the, to the, you have to and and you know there's also um a real workhorse mentality of the, you come up with you know you come up with your best 20 minutes and you travel the world on that for the rest of your life and that's why you when know. you go to the magic castle again not to put it down mm-hmm. you see these guys doing jokes it's like was that a monica Lewinsky joke well, the, yeah, the joke part is a whole that's other. Other, that's a whole other problem, and you know it's hard to keep up with with the comedians. And and uh, uh, magic is generally thought of as a visual medium, uh, but uh, you know, so when you're on a larger stage, one way to fill it is to say things, right. and pe- you know, people like jokes, I guess, and that's why magicians understand that. So a lot of them use jokes in their. Uh, in their work, I, I have never s- really written a joke for myself ever, um, because that's not my job. I'll leave that to you guys, and you guys are are, are better. Yeah, but there's at a it. lot of funny moments in your. No, show. yeah, there's humor for yeah. sure, and it's humorous. But I've never written for the laugh. I've never, you know, you discover them. I I like you know finding laughs and 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 having a good time with people. But right. uh, but yeah, uh, jokes and magic are, are rough. I wonder if it's similar because like when you there's a part in your show where. You show that you've done one thing. We'll be vague, so they'll want to see it. Mm. With the cards, you show that you've done yeah. one thing. Yeah. And then you show that you've done the same thing five times. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Okay. And that gets a, a laugh. It gets this – it's even better than a laugh. It's like a very high-frequency laugh where people are like – it's almost yeah. orgasmic. You yeah. see it and you get chills and you go <laughs> – well, yeah, you, you 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 had that in that in that bit, the great, bit, the legendary Pete Holmes bit about about <laughs> this is magic. Why I had you on uh, that <laughs> legendary so, bit, so, so uh, which all all magicians thank you for because oh, I the kindest <laughs> bit anyone has ever. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it because it's amazing what you can do with comedy. Uh, that's, uh, but no, you say that you uh, magicians must wish there was an organic response, like laughter, like right. a built-in biological response, right? And uh, and I've discovered. That uh, that there is one, mm. and it is absolute silence. Really, it is. Yeah, I mean, if you really, really break someone's mind, they're left with nothing. That's there's n- there's no sound. There's no there's no gasp. It is genuine. Just just a broken human in front of you, <laughs> and it's like you you just turned you pulled the plug. And that's that's how you know you've gone as deep as as you can go with an experience of wonder is just the world ceases to exist around them. And well, that's what makes it so transcendent. Yeah, and that's why the one of the great um, what do I say bits of Bit, your show? Bits is good. We yeah, like okay. bits. But, Di- but Diddy. Bits. I prefer Diddy. <laughs> one of the great Diddies yeah. of your show. Yeah, leaves everyone speechless, and yeah. everybody. That's I told you when I went into your show. 
I was a little tired mm-hmm. and I had a headache yeah. and I wasn't in a great mood. Yeah. Not a not a noticeably bad mood. One of those it's even worse cuz it's private. <laughs> like everyone <laughs> with you seems thinks you're fine but you're like secretly I'm kind of wanting to retreat from yeah, yeah. the world. And then you go into this it's almost like a magical world under your bed mm-hmm. and the door closes and it's very simple and then the show happens and then when we say transcendent we're like what are we transcending? And we're transcending ourselves and yeah. the world. And the show made me transcend myself. Mm-hmm. Bad mood gone. Good. Reminder of wonder. Yeah. Reminder of intention. And, and you're doing this thing so clearly from your heart. And I was like, well, I have a heart. Oh, and good. I can do things from my heart. Yeah. So I left no longer in need of a nap. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. What kind of mental strain are people under that we think we need naps when really we need to be stirred? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, we need to be or remi- exercise. <laughs> or exercise. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you remember that the world is magic. And again, that word yeah. is ruined. That no, world, it is. It's, it's completely ruined. ruined. But it's true. Well, yeah. And you, 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 you hit on one of the secrets of the show, which is it's not about me. The show is, is, is not about me at all. I use m- me and stories <laughs> about me, uh, a few, not too many, but uh, as, a, as a proxy for... For for the real experience, which is yours, it's it's a mm. show about you, about identity. It's about everyone. Well, that's what's so clear, and and it's it, it is uh, so. I think what people are kind of it's a Trojan horse. The show is I'm I'm sneaking I'm sneaking in this um, you know what the show is about, which is you, and by the end of it, you realize it. And um, right, well, here here's my wallet, and I still have my card, and it says oh, yeah. I am yeah 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 exactly, and that's a very fun. Talk about transcendent thing to leave people with is a piece of paper that says I am. This is one of the tricks that everybody gets these cards, and I bet I'm not the only person that kept it in my wallet. A thing that says I am, and that's a message to me and a reminder to me. Yeah, I mean it is. It is. uh, And I've had. I've had. I mean, I'm glad you had a positive experience. I've. uh, I've had people sitting out in front of the theater sobbing after the show. Really? Yeah, I've had. uh, uh, What do you do there, refund people? Uh, no, half price on the next ticket. Um, but no, it's uh, um, you know we've had people um, uh, make different decisions in their life after the show and write me about it. We've wow. had people, yeah, people uh, write things about how they now know who they are because of the show. And so it's really uh, it's 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 more it's more than I even expected. Um, but be- because I allow room for them. Well, if you make to it about them, it, you know? then they can they can bring all sorts of things. Yeah, to exactly. I, you, you leave you leave room for them, uh, and that's that's what I think is a, a a really beautiful thing to watch is you give them all this room and, and watch them take the leap of faith. They, that's it. And it's a beautiful thing. But that's life. Yes. Is you can't change people, you can give them a space mm-hmm. wherein they can change. Yeah. That's a Ram Dass thing. He goes, I can't change you, but I can be spacious enough in my own awareness that you can do the work you need to do kind of in the bubble of me. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. And then the show kind of becomes, and I know the listeners have haven't most of them haven't seen the show but that's okay we're just talking about performance because comedy can be similar too yeah comedy if you get the sense that they're this is weird if you know they're doing it just to kill that mm. kind of feels icky that's what yeah. hack is you go like oh you're just doing hack shit obvious shit mm. just to destroy well that's who's that about i guess it's about the crowd but it's also about them just kind of like like an ancient god yeah, it's not about the crowd virgins thrown yeah. into their volcano yeah so like ah exactly yeah what you're doing is is something that i have to remember to do 
is and somebody TJ Miller is actually very good about this. He's like, why do we perform? We're doing it for them. And sometimes you do fall into that place where you're like, no, I'm doing this for me. This feels good for me. Yeah. And then it gets you laid, like we were saying, and it gets you rich potentially, and it gets you known potentially. Yeah. But in my experience, the people that get rich, known, and laid <laughs> were the people that weren't trying to do those things and, and might not even be that interested in those things. Yeah. They, they wanted to do a show for the guy with the headache and the bad mood or the woman. What was, it, what, what was the woman weeping about? What did she say? Or man? Uh, I don't need to be specific in gender. Uh, uh, the, the woman on the stairs? Yeah, that was weeping. What did she say to you? Uh, uh, she didn't. Someone sent me. Uh, she wrote about it on her um, uh, blog, and uh, she was a um, she's a sex worker, and her mother didn't know it. Hmm. And uh, she went to the show with her mother, and th- did she pick th- a th- yeah? And so it, it she was she was <laughs> get con- out she of was here. Con- she was confronted head on with that existential. Can crisis. I say that the show invokes the audience to label themselves? Yeah. So when you when you first come into the show, there's a there's a giant wall of a thousand different cards um, installed like an art gallery, uh, a nice big wall full of cards, and they all say "I am" and they have. Uh, different uh, nouns on them, like uh, I am a, I am a, I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, I'm a brother, I'm a sister, and then some, they get very some, specific. Some more entertaining ones, yeah. <laughs> I'm a rocket man, I'm a ninja, I'm a, they, right. they, all over the all over the map. And uh, when they first, when people first come in, you're confronted, you're immediately confronted with what the show is about, which is which is how do you see yourself, or how do you think others see you? Um, and I begin a mini existential crisis, which is is the show. That's it. And uh, and even the wall, it's like lit properly. It's strange. It's not what you're expecting. Yeah, and 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 it's fun too. Um, it is fun. It's uh, uh, people. It starts the performance. You know, people people start the conversation before I even step on stage of what this show is about. Right. And uh, and and that right there, what this show is about uh, is is what you were just saying. Like, what what is what what am I watching? Like, am I watching a guy up there just to show me the thing he's learned, or the thing he's written, or the thing he's practiced? Right. Or um, are we here to really do something? <laughs> and like, and and like, I I, I I feel like if you if you have uh, you know uh, people sitting in a room facing the same direction, not speaking, you have a tremendous uh, not not just opportunity but obligation. To do something, mm. to really do something that matters, mm-hmm. and and you and if you don't use that opportunity, you just you're wasting it, and and something like, you know, filling your ego is is just it's selfish at that it's point. Boring it's too. boring. It's selfish, and it's it's, uh, um, it's you know uh, disposable. It's it, it, it'll it'll be gone after you're you know, gone. After you're gone, the applause the, stops. If and that's the over. thing that's most interested in it mm-hmm. dies, then it's over. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It doesn't have any residence. Yeah, and I think that like it's you know the, the world, fuck, it sucks, man. Like it's great, but it also is really hard. And I think that we we have like we can sh- we can help each other get through it. And I think that like if you have an opportunity to, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be you know a creative person or an entertainer. Uh, I don't know why I separated those two. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, if you, um, you have an opportunity to heal yourself through your work mm-hmm. um, th- and it's working, then like you should share that and heal others. and help heal others, right. whether it's through laughter or through wonder or, or through um, you know, insight or through you know, whatever it is, education. But 
you know, helping each other get through this world is, I think, a really positive thing. And yeah. and if you can do that through your work, more the better. But like doing it for, like you said, money or for attention is just it's gross. boring. Yeah, gross. It's, it's boring. It's, it's boring and gross. It's uh, obvious, but it's also the norm. I mean, I, I rarely see. It's Trump. It's Trump. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be political. I'm that, saying, well, that's the, it's my name on the building. That's and it's the just worst. So boring. That's the worst. Yeah, of course. He's he's yeah. He's the pinnacle of that. But right. like most, I mean most most people are most people are most comedians are. I see, yes. I see comedy shows all the time, and like you know, uh, it's it's easy to um, uh, you know it's easy for for uh, comedians to shit on magic, and I understand that. But like, I don't really see most comedians doing shit. No, I don't, they buddy, don't. You know, most comedians don't do anything that matters. As you're saying that, it's such an interesting charge, and that's what's so interesting about the show is that you're absolutely right. When you have a group of people, and on the good nights, I remember. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You go like, "All oh, right, yeah, we're here now," and everybody, you know, buys a ticket, and they're hoping for the thing. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you about my open heart towards the magic show. Is I'm like I want it to be the thing, and then you delivered on that thing. But most people are like, I can probably coast by with it being kind of three fourths the thing, yeah. or half the thing, or a quarter of the thing, and that'll be enough. Because like you said, they'll be dazzled, they'll have a few drinks, and they'll go on with their day. But everybody's waiting for something. I was just rewatching the cruise because Tim Levitch, the guy in the cruise, did it. I, I know Tim. He's great. He's great. He's right? wonderful. Yeah, I love that guy. He's amazing. Yeah. He is amazing. He's a, he's a magical person. He's a I've, he's a magical human being. Yes, I've, I've gone on a few walking tours with him, and he makes the thing you pass by every day of your life magical. magical. That's it's, it. It's unbelievable. That's the tada of Tim Levitch. Yep, absolutely. he just did. It. He just sat where you are. It was amazing. And he talks about he, he quotes this. I'm going to butcher. It doesn't matter a poet or an author or something mm-hmm. who was walking and and slipped and fell, started falling down like a ravine. I'm going to change You're it. You're definitely butchering, butchering this. It. Whatever this was, it it's, it's gone. It's not real. It's not but he, I, I won't butcher the essence. Mm-hmm. He remembered thinking in that moment, at least something's finally happening to me. Wow. Right? Yeah. And that's the feeling of yeah. going around, trying to find your theater. What are we going to eat after this? Right. When are we going to sleep? Do I need coffee? Oh. It's all just like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And then you're in this cube, and you leave, and you go like, ah, it's bigger. It's like Tim Levitch pointing at a monument or a thing and saying, look, George Washington's asking you to hold his hand down on Wall Street. Isn't that amazing? And you go, ah. And then air stands still, and and colors are brighter. And we know that there are words and things and music and experiences and honesty that we can do that really snaps us out of the sleepwalkingness that is so gray and mundane and sad of life. And yet we forget <laughs> constantly, yeah. Yeah. constantly. But what may take me to the point where you're in between shows. Yeah. You've had other wonderful shows. It's uh, it's a regret of my life that I didn't see them. Yeah. But here you are, and you're going to do a new show. The theater that had your old show mm-hmm. bought your new show before you even had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. That's what it said. That's true. And then you were like, okay, what am I going to do? How do you even begin to think of a show and like what you want to accomplish in it? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good uh, question. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, that that's not a normal question that you'd ask yourself um, traditionally as a magician. So that's a that's a uh, that's a hard question in any medium. Uh, mm. You're write, writing a movie, or you're writing a, a sure. you know a comedy show. It's it's uh, it's not only difficult, but it's just not 
it's uh, not answerable. It's un- almost unanswerable. <laughs> as a magician, or it's just a, it's just not something a magician would ask. But you could have so, done. Um, you could have just done amazing tricks. Uh, I could have. So so it began with that. Basically, it began with I I have, um, I've had a very. Um, a challenging relationship with magic in the sense that I, I learned it as a child. I was very, um, I was good at it. I, I was good at sleight of hand. I, I, I excelled at it and got rewarded for it, you know, in mm. terms of people patting me on the head and telling me uh, what a good job I was doing. And, uh, and I, I fed off of that. I didn't have a father growing up. And so, like, I, I had these really great mentors and really great, uh, you know, like a big. You collected uh, dad. Yeah, basically. Magic dad. Yeah, absolutely. I collect comedy dad. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. the best. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I had a dad. And. <laughs> So you're just selfish I'm just and <laughs> greedy, and uh, it's not a, never enough for you. Um, well, every person's going to have blanks that you can fill. No, in with exactly. Other types What's of the, debts. What are you trying to fill? You know, and yeah. and, uh, and so for me, like for whatever reason, um, I tried sports. I was good at sports, but uh, I just it didn't fulfill. It just wasn't fulfilling for me. But sleight of hand, you know, getting who a, introduced getting, you to it? Um, myself. I, I I saw someone do a thing and, and went who? Oh, that. I saw a guy behind a counter. Take a pocket knife and make it vanish. And at a store, a shop. At a, yeah, at a shop. I wandered by a, a magician in a shop, and 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 uh, I, I didn't want the tricks he was selling. I wanted the things that were you could only get in books. So he sold me some books, and I went home. And you I mean, lived, you didn't want a gimmick. You wanted yeah. I didn't want like a, just a, like a toy. Right. You know, I wanted I wanted to know how to really make a thing vanish. You what know, book did he and. Give you? Uh, I got a um, couple of books. I got a book called Expert at the Card Table. That's, we talked about book. that. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite false cut. Oh, nice. Is the one B A B B. You just put oh, B yeah, on the, the table. Picture, you put the illustrations are amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was so yeah. simple. Yeah. Can we talk about Expert at the Card Table for just two seconds? Sure, because sure, you sure. read it and you're like, there's no way. There's a cut mm-hmm. that's very, very simple, but it's all in your intention and the way yeah. you're doing it and you do it with confidence. Yes. Which is very similar to a joke. And I would just do it for my mother. I'd be like, does this look? I'm going to cut the cards. And then I'll do it. And I'd go, did you notice anything wrong? No. They didn't. No, of course not. This is what I'm talking about. This is what magic is doing. It's the sleep. We're all sleepwalking. And we're all going yeah. like, A is A and B is B. And yeah. I'm a boy and you're a girl in America. And a sandwich is lunch and dinner yeah. is something that sizzles. And then magic goes, I just cut the cards or did I? Yeah. And there you are. You're in the space. Yeah. And that's generally the question, that that, that one question of – or. Uh, that f- fracturing of reality is what magic has traditionally always been about. That mm-hmm. that, fra- that fracturing of wow, that's not what, how I thought things would work. Because or if should you work. this um, is this is another round of thing we talked a little bit about. You know India and like mm-hmm. real magic. So there are these guys that apparently do real magic in India, whether right. or not that's true. Yeah, and one of them was quoted as saying. I give people what they want, so they'll want what I give, mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting. He's saying it's not about the magic. It's about yeah. everything surrounding it. And then it was also like when you see or hear a miracle story, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder if it's true. And then it makes you wonder if every, if anything is true. Right. Just in that moment, you go, well, if it's true that that guy read that guy's mind, what else isn't true? Yeah. And what that, else is true? That is kind of um, – to get back to the question you asked 20 mm. minutes ago, um, <laughs> the uh, – um, about making the show, that that is kind of my initial intention was that like the the traditional like well anything is possible or what what else there is more like you know like yeah, what yeah. what else is out there that is a that is a, a fine feeling to have but what 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 um, magic can be used as a as a basically a, a a wedge to create a space of imagination for someone mm. and most people stop there most most magicians would stop it you know wow what else is possible. I I think that that in that uh, space of imagination that you've just created it lies an opportunity. 
And that's where I have tried to plant a seed of an idea of, of something that I really believe is true. That's it. And, and, um, and using, using magic as basically, uh, a gateway drug to whatever it is I'm trying to deal them. Yeah. Um, is basically this, what this show has attempted to do. And specifically, uh, in this case, it's about identity and it's about, um, you know, the, the tag for the show, which is actually pretty true, even though like I was reluctant to have a, a tag, but they, the PR team was like, we got to put something on the poster so people know what this is. It's so weird, man. The show is so weird. You got to have something that give them something. Yeah. So the tag is, uh, uh, identity is an illusion, mm. which uh, uh, for me was great because it, it co-opted uh, or appropriated the word um, illusion, illusion, and used it as the metaphor. So it didn't allow you know the PR team to use it as come see the the illusions, or right? Whatever. right. Um, and so, uh, but it it is an apt uh, tagline in that uh, I, I believe that 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 is a uh, true. Yeah, isn't it? I, I believe it's true, and I, I think that uh, this show. Uh, you're 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 watching an existential crisis unfold, but you're also, I hope, experiencing one a little bit for yourself during the show. And uh, and it's about this this idea that um, uh, you know we are who we are in this world, and we are who others see us as. And those two things might not be the same thing, but they can exist together, like and the so, woman with her mother. Yeah, exactly. Right. And 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 um, does it ruin things to say that there's no. a moment in the show where where you kind of reveal what people think of themselves? Um, we can edit no. that out if that's. I I I, I honestly don't know. I, I uh, <laughs> it's new territory. No, I, I I don't know. I, I just mean, want people listening to, again who probably haven't seen the show, but hopefully yeah. will, to know that there's. Mo- it's not a magic show in the sense that there's something somewhere else, somewhere else, a very small theater, mm-hmm. and there's moments where you hold the mirror up to individuals. Yeah, and I'm I was sitting in the crowd and I'm watching people's faces melt. Yeah. So it's not just. Is this your card? No, no. It's you going, is this who you think you are? And people go, ha, 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 They fall down. You're watching people be seen, be really seen. And to and and one of the things that I think is is become clear to me uh, is that, like, people, we don't see each other. Mm. We just, we can't, we don't. We're too busy. We're too busy in our own lives. We're too, as, as much as we ignore you know, uh, the, the statue that, you know, we pass by on the street every day that we couldn't even tell you who it is. We ignore each other that way. Right. And even the people. Because we're overwhelmed. And we're, yeah, we, we're we, selfish. Yeah, and, we have our own lives we're living. Right. And, and, and we, we see right past each other, even when we're with one another or even with people we know. There's, there's so many pieces to us. You ever, like you that, ever see someone ignore, like someone throws something out and it's so clearly rich and dense and, it, and it's personal and somebody's in pain, but it might be so overwhelming to the other people around you. Just watch, You ever see somebody just go, we're just going to delete the last three seconds? You know what I'm saying? You're at a party and someone says like, I can't even think of an example, but it's so clearly a cry for help or they need to be seen or noticed. And instead of acknowledging at the party, somebody just goes like, Fritos, and start eating Fritos. And that person just kind of, the car goes by. Does that make sense? I'm sorry. Stop listening. <laughs> So yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, um, the, the, but and we're, I, we're, nobody's looking. No, yeah. yeah, and 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 so like I, I'm, t- and so in in this show, when you're asking like when I sat down to to write it, I realized like, well, um, I've I've avoid I've been very reluctant about putting myself out there, 
uh, and and in a commercial sense, in a you know, just get out there, put your name out there, you got to right. do stuff. Um, I've 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 held myself back, um, and whether that's uh, because I've been just uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? So, uh, so, Self sabotaging. So yeah, and le- is that what you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And I, I don't know if that's uh, either self aware and making choices that I feel like, well, I'm, I'm only going to do the right things for me. Because I have thought about my career as like a, a um, you know, a, a life project, not necessarily like a, you know, just whatever's in front of me. So right. <clears throat> I have been selective about the work that I've done, but there's also absolutely self sabotage. In that, like, you, you can't ever, you know, you can't say you failed if you never tried. You know, you, mm. you could be like, well, I, I've never put myself out there um, for fear and fear of is am I enough? Is the work enough? You mm. know, does what I do. How old are you, Derek? 33. See, it's that's what's so striking about all of this mm-hmm. introspection and even looking at your life as a life project. For me, that stuff didn't come until later. And I mm. feel like a lot, you just sound like an old soul in that way mm. where you're like, what am I going to do and how much am I going to share and is the work enough? And Life Project, looking at your life deliberately as opposed to what I think most people do, and especially in magic and certainly in comedy as well, they go, what can I do that will go viral? Mm. <laughs> You're like, yeah. what can I do that's honest? Yeah, what can I do that matters? <laughs> well, what, that's, what that's I, strange. What can I do that matters? What can I do that 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 is that is authentic and, and resonates and – you know, but that was the first step. So the first step uh, to answer your question is like I had to figure out wh- wh- why why my work matters to me, not yeah. even to the world, to me. I, I had to, I had to why 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 do I do this? Like why this and why yeah. do I do it? And then the next step is and why should anyone else give a shit? Mm. And because it can't just be that you're good at it. That's not no. Satisfying. That's that's satisfying for some people. That is not satisfying for right. me. Right. I. I, I Technically, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm fine, but that is not enough. <laughs> You're very good. That is not enough. You right. need you need to, uh, why, why does it matter to other people? Why should other people? But I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of care. comedians, all types of performers get stuck at going. I do comedy. Mm-hmm. I'll just say comedy because I'm good at comedy. Yeah, and that's where the opportunities are. And I can kind of hack out. I don't mean be a hack. I just mean like chisel yeah. out a new hour every year and get paid and live. And I get to sleep in. And you're doing that like deeper work of saying, what is my work and why should anyone care? Yeah. And what can I do? It seems very much like if I die tomorrow mentality. Mm. It's like if I die tomorrow, what what is the show I'm going to do today? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a I mean, good way of looking at it. Right? I, I, I just, again, I think it's like we we, we – it's about appreciation. Like I, I, I want to respect your time. Mm. I want to respect people's people's time, not just in that theater, but on this planet. <laughs> and and what are we going to do with it? And let's do something that really matters. And I think I think even trivial things can matter. I just think that it's like, where is it coming from? Like, what place is it coming from? And and what is what is the intention behind it? And uh, and and how can it how can it open us up and expand parts of our brain or our hearts that we didn't even know were there and find new doors in our house that we didn't know were there for 50 <laughs> years, you know? Like, that that's a really exciting thing in this exploration. It's like a treasure hunt. Uh-huh. And we get to do it together. And so um, once I once I answered those questions for myself, I, I came to the, the, you know, horrifying conclusion that I had to actually do this. I had to actually, now that I'm through, like, the, all right, the philosophical, uh, you know, parts of, 
exploring what I do and what it what does it mean to me and you know why should I be doing this? It's like oh wait, you have to do this, so you have to you know. Well, that's the danger. Do a, do a show, and that's the scary part. You went in the cave, and now you have to fight the dragon. Yeah, yeah. And you so, were the dumb one that went in the cave. Totally. Yeah. Idiot. But then you look and you had a sword, and you're like, I kinda I'm going to be alright. Right. I'm going to be alright. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I set this up for myself. <laughs> I yeah. did this, and I wanted to do. No, it. but that's the thing. You you like it's it's like being a coward, and you 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 know. You you leave a note with instructions to a friend, uh, and and you, you know that you drug yourself, and when you wake up, you're in armor and a sh- with a shield <laughs> and a sword, and you're put in front of a dragon, and right. you're terrified, but you realize you've asked for this. You've been you you've, yes. you've asked to be placed here in this position, and you wanted to get more personal. And, and uh, yeah, I, I had to, I had to, I had to confront my own. Uh, you know, demons. You had never and, done it before. Not, it never, was so a solo show. I've never done it. I've never done it before. It was so well done, and it was very personal. Yeah, and I didn't want it to be personal at first because I didn't want to uh, seem like a, a one man show. Like Fred Armisen has a great uh, skit on Saturday Night Live where he does a a, a one man show, uh, oh, in person, right. and it's yeah. just every one man show you've ever seen. And <laughs> and there have been there have been one man shows uh, uh, in. Uh, you know, even magic one man shows, and and I don't mean like in a, a, a Vegas spectacular type show where it's just kind of like a, a trick after trick or trick. Even even good versions like Penn and Teller are the mm-hmm. amazing, which is uh, how and, I found it, and they're great. Oh, really? Because Penn told me to oh, go see you. Oh, great! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like they, they do that. That's like the best version of like uh, here's a trick, here's a trick, here's a trick. Mm-hmm. Or Matt King, who's amazing. Like that, there are good people who who just do these experiential shows where you <coughs> excuse me, you go and see you know uh, just one brilliant piece after another. Um, but a show with an arc, a show with a story, right, um, is is different, and and you know a, a journey where you're actually going, to, you know, from point A to point B. You set up a, a thing in the beginning, and then you right. you end up back where you started in a way, and uh, that that is a. Uh, but you talk about your family. Oh yeah, personal. So yeah. like, so yeah, I was avoiding that because I didn't want to seem self indulgent. I also didn't want to seem like I was doing therapy on stage because that's the worst when you when you feel like wow, this person is. They're working through some stuff, but not in a not in a way that's helping me. It's just right. we're we're he's using us to right. work through his own shit, you know. Interesting. And that's a that's a, a nuanced difference because you know I think that like you know I see good comics all the time, and you get someone who's like a you know someone who's dying up there. Like in terms of internally, you're watching them struggle through something, but you're also along for the ride. But I was right. like Neil Brennan, I, I was his his uh, three, three mics, mics yeah. unbelievable because. Yeah. You know, clearly that's working through something for him. I mean, it's so obvious, but it's it was such a generous way of doing it mm-hmm. that was not selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was for him and for us, and it, it's a shared experience where um, you know he becomes a proxy for all of our pain mm-hmm. and whatever it is we're going through. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get over talking about myself and realize that I'm an object and a proxy in a theater. The, the way that the brick is or the way that mm-hmm. other objects are in the show. And, and I just have to use me, literally objectify me and my experiences as a, to use them as a proxy to, to deliver the message, to get right. to you, to tell you the right. things I'm here to tell you. Right. And that was really difficult. That was the most difficult part for me was to, to talk about myself. And, and not because I'm afraid to talk it's about funny. myself. I just don't want to seem, self, I don't seem self-indulgent. But by being more masturbatory. Yeah. You're less masturbatory. I know. I know. It's really <laughs> counterintuitive. The it's more you really... masturbate, the more you're getting the audience off. I don't mean to make it so sexual. I'm just saying. No, I'm, try- I'm trying to 
To just make sure that's an accurate metaphor. That's I cool. think you had this polity. You were trying to be so polite. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to impose myself because I want to serve you guys no. and, and respect your time. Uh, yeah, I don't want to use your time to talk about me. But then we, that was yeah. In talking about you in the same way that Neil talks about himself in Three Mics, you end up being more inclusive. It's not excluding to just be like, this is what just, it was like growing up. We go, I didn't grow up. Yeah. Do you mind talking about your family? I mean, you had right. – where were you growing up? You're talking about me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. I'm the only one in this room. Uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, I grew up in Colorado with my mother. And and your mother came out as, as gay? As gay, yeah. My so, mother came out when she was 22 or something like that. I didn't have a gay mother. But in that story of outsiderness mm-hmm. and that feeling, it becomes a metaphor. I'm not from that area. Yeah. I didn't have that experience. But we all can kind of swap out ingredients yeah. and go, oh, that's kind of like me. I can find the empathy, but beyond the empathy, I can start seeing a reflection in you of myself. Yes. And there, there's, yeah, and that's, uh, there's two things happening in that point in the show. Uh, so <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, my gay mom and, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, learning the words, you know, faggot and queer and dyke when I'm a kid mm-hmm. in a magic show. Like that that already is a fracturing of of you know what people's expectations are right and and that's and, just something you would never that specific feeling when you say those words in the show and even here mm-hmm. is a type of pinprick you don't associate with going to magic no no, and that was that was part of the intention is like of course if I, if I you know i did I wanted to do a show about hmm. so the lights just went out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're and we're back. Um, <laughs> we were talking about you don't normally hear you talking well, so candidly. Yeah, so um, the the illusion of identity <coughs> or the the duality of identity in that like who I am and who you see me as are not necessarily the same thing. And uh, I use a lot of stories in the show to um, to kind of punctuate this idea. But I knew that I I, I didn't want to just tell stories about it. I wanted to do it. And I mean, in the sense that, like, if I'm doing a show where I'm saying, like, we shouldn't be able to so easily define one another, that means I need to create a show that is not easily definable, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I set out to make a show that you can't define and, and you, you cannot explain to people. You can't explain to friends. Like, and you feel – It's ungoogleable. It's ungoogleable and you feel <laughs> dirty if you try to pin it down. You should feel a little right. – un- if you go, well, it's a magic show, you should go – but it kind of sort it's not really right. it's or if you say it's a one man show but it's it's not though you got to get so like you literally end up just going well you just you got to go see it you just right. got to go see it right. so i i intentionally set out to make something that is very difficult um to define which is a horrible idea commercially it's just the <laughs> worst thing you could ever do is to make something that you cannot describe to people right um but it literally becomes um the the the, the idea, the show should be the idea and that it is this thing that you just like, you have to experience it and it, you have to see it to believe it and understand it. But isn't that what but we're you, craving these days? We know everything. Uh, yeah. I or mean, we, you know, we can look up anything. Yeah, of course. And then you go, when I was telling people about your show, you go, oh, well, I, I can't, you can't. It's not, all I would say is like, it's not what you think it is and it's not yeah. going to be magic in the way that you think of it. Because everybody would be like, I don't like magic shows. And I go, I am not telling you to see a magic show. I'm right. telling you to see yeah. a show. Yeah, go see will, the show uh, that has magic type things in it. Right. And he, yeah. And, and it, you know, and, and I allow people to call it whatever they want to call it. I, it's, well, you have a, do you mind if I say you have a book? 
There's a book in it. Yeah, there's, there's a book, book that you book give to people to yeah. write. How some? I don't want to give it away. Uh, you do it in the edit. See how it turns out. Like, if you <laughs> what guys, do you mean? Like later, you said you can delete. I can it. take out if I say anything that you don't want in. You tell me, and I'll take it out. Oh yeah, I. I, I this is a real exploration because honestly, there were. It's in the wild. We're in the wild west of the show. So, like, <laughs> but you'll have you know. weeks. You'll have a couple weeks before this comes out, and you tell me. Hey Pete, remember you said that thing about the book? Could you take that out? Oh, okay. And we'll take it out. Yeah, no, no problem. So I'll say this about the book. Somebody is selected to leave the show before it's done. Yeah. And that person is given a book. Yeah. And in that book, they write out how they think it's going to end. Yeah, and, the, and, and how they saw the show. And how they saw the show. Yeah. So as a result, somebody with n- incomplete data mm-hmm. keeps the show in the realm of imagination. Yes. And so the show itself is kind of perpetuating the idea that you can't define the show. Correct. By asking people... Or only have one eye open to define the show. Yes, I'm. I'm. In t- I'm, I'm, in, I'm forcing people to. to Where did you get that to... idea? Well, it's. it's, it's <laughs> what is going on? It's. Um, I mean, it is. It is us. I mean, the book. The book is. Um, <coughs> so that yeah, I'm asking people to define the show. I'm asking people to have seen most of the show to try to define it. Uh, they get to come back, and, and they get to come back. Yeah. Uh, but you realize how incomplete. It is like in doing this action, you realize how uh, it's it leaves room for for so much. You, you, like you can, well, here's what I know about it, and here's what I don't know about it, but here's what I imagine the rest mm-hmm. of it looks like, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, amazing things, but it also is incomplete in a sense. And so uh, it, it's it's us in the sense that like you're Pete, you're who I know, and and uh, I know everything I know about you. And there's so much I don't know about you that I just fill it with. That's it. I just fill that with my imagination, and I have a choice there. I can either fill it with positive things. I can fill it with uh, the things I don't know about you. I can I can think negative things, um, or I can I can use that that absence of knowledge, and 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 fill it with opportunity of of like who you are as right. a beautiful person. Right. And and so like I just want to like kind of really like a pinprick, like you said, point out that like. You know, uncertainty isn't necessarily scary. You know, and unknowingness, you don't have to, be, we don't have to be afraid of the things we don't know. And you we, don't have to you know, default to filling them in with negative, and nasty you don't have things. to, yeah, and you don't have to fill them with negative, nasty things. And, and that for me is like, that's where like magic is a really great metaphor for, uh, in, in, at least in this show of, of, of identity and who we are. Cause there's what we see on the surface and there's what you right. get and then right. there's what's underneath it. And both things are happening at the same time and both things are true and they both are the, are the result is, is from both of those things. But all of that space that we don't, all of those things we don't see, it, it's the beauty. It's not right. necessarily the negative things. And so like, I just, uh, that, that book was, uh, uh, another way of fracturing, a fracturing the show spatially and temporally that like the the show has no boundaries really right. with the brick and with the yeah. the book and these things that like uh, you know when does the show start and stop well technically it's it's always going because as long as people are you know taking things and leaving and going and doing things with the show like the show never kind of stops and never starts right and then I'm using you know other people to point out another part of the show which is that like you're you're defining this like i'm not i'm not i i can do it and you can see it but you you're the one who gets to write the story and 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 no and that's the that's kind of the point is that like the the listener or the the viewer the witness has as much or in some cases more agency in defining other like you know you get to define this right not me and your reality yeah that's what we're doing in life yeah i had that on the way in 
I was get, getting on the train, and I saw these two guys, uh, very New Yorky guys, talking about the Mayweather fight or whatever. I didn't see it. Yeah. And they were just talking with such delight about how they loved the brutality and the punching. I guess it wasn't that The punching, there's punching in boxing. They loved the punching. <laughs> and they were like, and they started telling f- stories of other fights they had seen. And in that moment, I'm seeing very limited data on these men. But I caught myself going, ugh. Dummies. These dummies. Yeah, these yeah. These fucking knuckleheads. They love people punching people in the face. It's just not my experience. It's yeah, not my yeah, thing. Yeah. And But then I went, and maybe this is kind of what your show is about. I went, yeah, but you, these are the same guys that, you know. Buy tickets to your show. You might maybe buy tickets to the show. <laughs> you know, or yeah. what I actually thought of was I get hit in the face or something, and then I kind of jumped to 9-11, how the city really came together. I was like, these are the kinds yeah. of people that also picked somebody up off Absolutely. the ground, yeah. covered in dust, and ran them to safety. Yeah. And I was like, well, what am I writing in my book? I didn't think that, but now I'm mm. thinking that. Yeah. How am I contributing the stories I tell myself? I've told this many times, but the people next door to us uh, have three dogs. It's a tiny apartment and they have three dogs, a big one and two little yippy mm-hmm. ones. So there's a lot of barking. And then I caught myself whenever I would hear the dogs writing a story about what idiots the people that live next door were. None of this is based mm-hmm. on anything other than the fact that sometimes I would hear a dog barking. And I would start having these fake arguments with the people that felt very real in the shower being like, well, I just think it's very irresponsible to have those. Well, and don't you think about your neighbors? And then Val... My girlfriend, who you met, my fiance, uh, was like kind of pointed out how I was spinning myself into mm-hmm. this unrealistic, unfounded, not a hatred, but like borderline hatred for my neighbors who I actually, yeah. whenever I saw them, I was nice to them and enjoyed them. And then I just started doing something different. Every time I heard the dogs barking, I would go, it's not personal, has nothing to do with me. And I would start having a positive fantasy towards them about how they are probably kind people and those are rescue dogs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and she has a huge heart for dogs and she loves them and it's because this and this and this. You can put whatever you want in the yeah. book and that would change how I felt yeah. all the time. Yeah, and it shapes the world. It shapes reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and what you're talking about now is what the heart of the, the real – if there is a real magic in the show, it's empathy. You know, yes. and it's, it's exploring empathy and, and – how it's a perishable skill and we need more of it now than ever. Yes. And and it's so important. And I think that like, you know, uh, I think that, you know, I, the show is very dark in a sense. Is it explores some dark uh, narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it opens with a guy trying to kill himself mm-hmm. in a sense. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a show about empathy. You're, it's a show that you hopefully uh, opens up ch- pathways of empathy. Yes. And, and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, and that's what you know. The, the I think piece by piece, the book being part of it, the brick being part of it, the letters being part of it, the, all of these things are little, just little points of, of a little uh, flag posts of of leading you to this place at at the end and the conclusion, and and it's all pointing towards hey, look, you know how you're seeing this is shaping it. You know how mm-hmm. you're seeing me. Is shaping me. It's literally defining me, mm-hmm. and and just bringing a little bit of consciousness to people in that. I think is is even if you get a little bit of that, you, you've you've done something. And so when I was writing the show, when I sat down, I thought, well, this is not. I, I feel like this is a shared dialogue. Like I don't want to just get up there and talk. I I want it's a it's you know it's two way street. They're there and they're people and they're active. I want them to be actively participating, but I also don't want them to be talking. 
because like that, that would just uh, we we only have a certain amount of time, and right, they may not right. be good writers, or they may not be good performers. Uh, uh, um, uh, so what are they doing? And I realized, well, they're looking and they're listening. They're they're seeing and they're listening. Hopefully, they're the mm-hmm. best case scenario. Mm-hmm. That there's so much in that. There's so like you are, and so then I explored that idea of like, what does it mean to look at a thing? To to you know, and and I realized like, wow, these people are actively like, they're going to be writing their own version of this show, no matter what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what I'm doing, they are going to be telling themselves a story. They're going to be hearing it differently. They're going to be you know whatever I'm saying. I have to understand that no one will be hearing it exactly as I'm saying it. No one will be seeing me as exactly as I am. They're going to be seeing and hearing their own version of this, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And the the the. Uh, you Instead know, of being upset about it, you want to dance with it. You dance with it and yeah. realize that that's what makes it beautiful. The yeah. fact that the fact that we can all be having a singular experience and 150 ex- different experiences at the same time right. is what makes it beautiful. It's right. not what makes it ugly. And if we could understand that, maybe we could understand each other a little bit better. Maybe we won't have so many conflicts. But that's the humanity of it too. If we were just ones and zeros mm-hmm. and you were just presenting data to us and mm-hmm. we could ingest that data perfectly, there would be no subjectivity and, and the world would be completely different yeah. and, and less beautiful and less yeah. magical. It's interesting that I come in with a certain feeling about magic. Uh, like we could look at all the levels. Yeah, yeah. Positivity towards magic is through the roof. A headache, you yeah, know, like yeah. a little bit hungry, a little bit this, 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 and everybody's that way. Some some of the people in your audience are sex workers with their mothers that don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. a great example. And then what you do with empathy, and again, without giving away too much, you bring somebody up on stage, uh, they read something, and then they usually have a huge emotional response. Mm-hmm. So typically, if you're on a subway and someone starts bawling, mm-hmm. You feel for that person. So you're taking audience member Mm -hmm. and turning them into Carol, the woman from San Diego Mm. whose father is a carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. So you're showing like we're all in this together in that moment. Like this isn't just a nameless person. Well, then that's the point of the illusion part. You've created that for yourself. You've created this idea that that person is who you're seeing them as. Like those boxers are dummies who are just talking about a dumb fight. Right. But you've – you broke through that – just that that very flattened image of someone for yourself by thinking, oh wait, you know maybe these were nine eleven responders, or right? Something exactly, like that. and that's the right the right approach is that like you you don't allow yourself to flatten other people to being just one thing to being right. this you know uh, very one dimensional or even two dimensional creature. You 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 realize that they are you know this very complex uh, and at the end of the day, hopefully uh, kind and. And fragile creature that right. that, that you're, you're also the same and we're just here to help each other you right. know, to get through this wild. And you telling thing. the story, specifically the story of your mom. Mm-hmm. Would you tell the people what happened when, when you were growing up? When, when did your dad leave the picture? Well, my mother was uh, 17 when she had me and my uh, dad left. He just split town the moment he found out she was pregnant. Right. And uh, also a young man. Uh, yeah, I think he was twenty or was twenty. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was he was a little older. And uh, <laughs> but he he like I don't know him. Pete. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Pete. You <laughs> call him. You kind call of him, touching figure him out. Here. I don't you, know this person. I don't. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, no, no. Yeah. I, I I don't know the deal. Not because my mom kept it from me. It's just yeah. that she was young and um and obviously didn't know she was gay at that time. Right. Know, um, or you know just 
maybe thought maybe he was feminine. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, she was she was experimenting yeah. at that age. Yeah, she was, she was, exper- yeah, she she was experimenting know. with men at that yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, so he he left town uh, because he didn't he didn't want a kid. And then my mother was a single parent, and uh, you know, which is already forget let, take homosexuality out of it. Single parent is already yeah, rough. somebody that you look talk about. Uh, imposing an identity on somebody. You go, that's a single parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's this. Where'd like, she fuck up? That's you know? it. Yeah. Well, remember on Mad yeah. Men, a single, a single mom moves into the neighborhood and in the 60s that was like, yeah. <gasps> it's all about being perceived. Of course, Betty Draper's having panic attacks course, and depression yeah. and stuff, but she looks okay. Yeah. She looks like a, a Nesquik commercial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's fine, but this woman is a single woman, uh, a single mother, so already that's a stigma that your mom has to deal yeah. with. Yeah, and then, and then uh, when I was six years old, uh, she, uh, she discovered she was she was gay, and uh, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. Sure. Uh, not that there's anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, and so that that became part of part of my life when at a at a crucial age when uh, in 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 you know late eighties, early nineties when that wasn't quite as exce- I mean, still not. We still have work to do. Still yeah. a lot of work to do, but like it was really not accepted um, yeah. then, and and uh, the height of the AIDS crisis, and and uh, so I, I dealt with that. I dealt with 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 having an in Colorado, which is not really a you know it's pretty liberal in some areas, but it's a very Christian state, right. and a lot of lot of lot of judgment in that state, and I I felt it, and and explicitly was was a, a part of 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 that judgment. Because your mom, when did she start, like, when did it start having to come out? Like, we have, you kind of have mom's girlfriend moving in, raising you sort of thing? Well, you go through the roommate phase, you know, <laughs> where your mom has a roommate. Uh, and and that's what you know to be true. Is yeah. That, you know, oh, my mom has a roommate. Which right. you can only get away with for so long. Right. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so you know... You have to start when you, it's really when you start socializing and having a life outside of your your house. Because in the house, it's probably fine. House is fine. It's normal. Yeah. You have a normal household, right? Um, but uh, and and now it might not be fine. Like I have I have gay friends who have kids and things, and it's the, it's, it's not a thing. Like parents aren't. It's it's not weird. I see it's not weird for children mm-hmm. uh, in, in, uh, in some areas, New York, mm-hmm. LA. I mean, I'm not sure right. the middle of the country might be different, but. But uh, um, I, I, there has been change since I was a child. But when I was a kid, it was very, you know, like if there's parent-teacher conferences, my mother would go. And even if, like, her partner was a big part of my life, it she wouldn't right. she wouldn't go. So right. there's still there's still that, uh, you know, stigma attached. It's like lower-level hospital visitation rules. Yeah. Which it's like, is, well, you're not family. It's like th- that sort of block there, but on a lower level, not a medical emergency. You can't go. Right. And that has to be very hurtful. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, having to, I don't know, create, create kind of this, this narrative of why, you know, why you don't have a dad or why. And, and, and then the confusion of like, oh, no, no, it's uh, – no, no, my dad's, my dad's not around because he's a piece of shit, not because <laughs> my mom's gay. That's a total – that's a different right. thing. So, right. you know, it's like it's conflicting in that sense. It's like, oh, your mom was gay, so she chose to have a kid and not include the father. No, 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 right. no. No. He could have been here. He could. He could have been here. He <laughs> yeah, chose yeah. not to be. That was on him. Uh, that's that's all on him. Um, right. Yeah. And so it was complex uh, growing up, and I felt a 
constant, uh, you know, just judgment around me at all times. Mm. And, and, uh, so that, that I certainly shaped, shaped who I am in a a lot of ways and shaped my worldview of, well, you're keeping a secret from a young age. I mean, yeah, I, I talk about that in the show. I talk about the idea of keeping secrets and, and, and for me, keeping secrets started long before, uh, I was introduced to magic who started with life and it started with this idea of you have a life at home and, you have to figure out ways to keep that from the world or, or explain it in very nuanced ways. Um, and, and, and be careful who you tell and, and explicitly like be very careful who you tell because it could have very real consequences. And, uh, and it did. Did it? Did you tell the wrong person? It did. Yeah. Growing up, that was the story I tell in the the show. Uh, and that is, uh, uh, a big part of it. Now the irony is I'm, I'm very honest uh, and and have always tried to be, but I have learned to protect, uh, you know, my family, myself by maybe, you know, leaving out bits and pieces of who I am or who my family is uh, that started at an early age. And now that and then that changed and I became uh, very outspoken and very, you know, an activist in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So I, I went the other way eventually and was and. And my mother was always, and the irony is, looking back, like if you met my mother, you she's she's incredible, and she's a she's a firefighter, and <laughs> she's she's built like a brick shit house. She's like she could, you know, she's always like train. It looks like she's training for K two every time she's at the gym. Um, you know, she's like a, uh, is it Linda Hamill from uh, the Hamilton, Hamill, Linda Hamilton from, from Terminator. Terminator. That's yeah. like that, like growing up like yes. with her, and clearly a lesbian, right? And me being like trying to pretend she's not uh for the sake and maybe fooled you know no my silks and canes my eight-year-old friend <laughs> yeah. you know and uh but looking back it's like there's no way people yeah. didn't know but the funny part is people play along you know because like well, that's kind of the point i was trying to make at the party when you pretend you didn't hear something yeah sometimes you pretend you're not seeing something or experiencing something because it's not polite yeah or it's not convenient it's not convenient it's right. not convenient but it's it's funny because like – and this is where this idea of like, you know, creating each other's identity is that like discrimination or, or that sort of hurt, it doesn't come from the person. It comes from how you're looking at the per- – like my mother is a beautiful person and so like who she is was partially defined by how people looked at her. And the blanks they and, filled in. And the blanks they filled in or the judgment that I saw that people – like if she would hold hands with her partner and I would see people, you know, literally judge, you know, scoffing yeah. or laughing – and it's like you're you're defining those people like you're you're right. you're making them who they are in and a way. you're buying into and a narrative that someone else long ago started filling in blanks with nasty answers, yeah, and then they went around and kind of were like, these are the nasty nasty answers I filled in right. and then it, people bought into that idea, yeah, that it was laughable or weird or ugly, yeah, or and strange, maybe not ugly, but strange, yeah, and that's it's sad i didn't <laughs> and I didn't expect to write about it, you know uh twenty five years later. But it came, you know, it, it came out, came out in the yeah. in the show for sure. Yeah, you came out. <laughs> I came out as for a, your mother. As a uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I came out of the magic closet. <laughs> but then, where? So you're keeping secrets at home, and you do talk about this a little bit. And then, what age were you when you got expert at the card table and uh, the vanishing pen knife? Twelve. Yeah, I got. Van- so I got a book years. called uh, "Now You See It, Now You Don't," which is a great book. If you don't have it, it's excellent, <laughs> Bill Tar. 
uh, got. Uh, is that a book of vanishes or is it other stuff? That's a book of where that's where I learned how to make the. It's actually a cigarette vanish. It just the guy just did it with a, a knife. Can but, you um, tell me a time when you were an off-duty magician? Meaning they didn't know you were a magician. <laughs> you were a plain clothes magician. No, I just I picture like a guy in a diner wearing plain co- clothes and like what situation like a cop being yeah, off duty yeah. who would have to leap into action. I'm a magician. And what, yeah. What, what time would a magician need to leap into action? Well, someone so had I'm a gallon duty. of milk and a newspaper and they were like, yeah. we, can, we need to get the yeah. milk out of this thing, but we only have a newspaper. Yeah. I'm a magician. Yeah. There's no doves here. What do we do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what situation that's ever happened. What I'm wondering is there, ha- you have to have amazing stories of being just you mm-hmm. and an opportunity presenting itself where, the circumstance is just right to blow somebody's mind. Maybe it is in a flirtatious way. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I bet if you listen to every episode that I've done with magicians that I've told the story. You've done episodes with magicians? Yeah, many. <gasps> yeah. Lots of them. Whoa. Um, I'm, try, I, I'm trying to remember. Justin Wilman. Mm-hmm. He did it. Uh, God, I'm going to blank. It doesn't matter. A bunch of magicians. And I love talking to magicians. And I bet I tell the story is I had, I realized I was at work, I was a waiter, and I realized I had my, my fake thumb on me. Okay. Do you mind talking about fake thumbs? I, I don't, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and there's certain drinks you can do with a, with a thing called a fake thumb. And I made her cigarette, her lit cigarette vanish, and she didn't know I was, it wasn't like a thing. I wasn't like come to a magic show. Right. It was a person standing with a person and then mm. a, a cigarette vanished. And it was one of the biggest, like she looked at me like I was a demon. Yeah. I'm sure you've had experiences where the circumstance is just right to do organic, free range, naturally occurring. Free range organic. Yeah, no yeah. ticket purchase. No, I'm Derek the Magician. Mm-hmm. Something happens. Is that something? Uh, Yeah. I mean... I don't generally uh uh I don't generally do that uh because it it does take some level of it's a breach uh no a level of uh preparation in terms of like you you have to actually be wanting to do that yes. which I don't really that's not for me I don't really care I don't I don't <laughs> even as a young I don't man? carry around fake thumbs uh, even as uh, a young man even as a young you've man you've always had this discipline to be like no well, it wasn't discipline I just didn't I didn't that's I, I did it for me um and I it's hard to explain but like I just didn't I don't know. I didn't have any desire to to do it. I'm looking something up. For I was going to say, um, are you looking up? Yeah, I'm looking up. Mo- I'm, I'm giving you a, an example of of when I of when I uh, like a good example of when I did do it. Um, uh, because there 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 has to be there has to be like for me just just blowing like a waiter's mind. It's maybe it's nice for them. Like I I just I I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me to just interrupt their day to do well it was a slow shift well that's fine and then we're out back and she's smoking a cigarette and i i put my hand in my pocket and i was like oh my god that's uh (laughs) but no i think i uh if there was if if i saw if i if i saw an opportunity to improve someone's day like you said it's a slow shift yeah then then may maybe it's just my mind literally doesn't work i mean to i i think it's probably this is the equivalent of i don't do jokes to strangers, it's not even. I mean, you could, there's a difference between being funny and doing a set, right? Yeah, like totally. like you can be funny organically, and that can just happen. 
But like, would you ever go into that you, a monologue? I think you you know you've hit it on the head. Like, I wouldn't just start doing prepared material to right. a person. And, it would feel gross to me. And all magic is prepared material, right? All of it, right? It has to be. Yes, you have to have learned and it practiced and it. practiced it, so yeah. it is prepared material. And I would never do that. I just don't right. see the. It's not the pl- time or place. It doesn't for it. feel good. It doesn't feel good. It, it feels. Doesn't... It feels like it cheapens the thing that I really care about. Interesting. Like, and so, like, I really, really think that. Uh, it has an opportunity to do something special, mm. and in order to to not ruin that opportunity, I make sure that I keep it special. You never used it to try, to try and no. meet a girl. Never, <laughs> never, never. I love but it. but if it has, an, if there's an oppor- if there's an opportunity, uh, I'll t- I'll I'll take it. Uh, in terms of like to to make a point, to 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 say something or to to do something to someone who uh, I, I feel like they could they could. They haven't maybe had that feeling in a while. So, like, this is this is uh, this is the last time I can literally remember uh, doing something like this. And you have it on your phone, sort of. Yes, um, I, I was with uh, David Blaine, who, uh-huh. if you haven't had him on your podcast, he's a he's a fun fun guy to chat with. I feel like um, he wouldn't tell me the truth. Well, most ma- no, magician. <laughs> most people won't probably. You're telling most, me the truth. Maybe if I find no. out you didn't have a lesbian mother, no. I'm going to be upset. Oh no, uh, no. My dad is a good guy, though. Seriously, I know I've been talking a lot of shit, but he's a decent fellow. Um, no, I uh, uh, I was w- I was with David, and he had to. Um, uh, David Blaine was going to a wedding the next day, and I was with him, and, he's, and we were going to a studio. But he needed to pick up uh, his tuxedo and some bottles of wine that he was taking to the wedding. So we went to his house and we picked this stuff up. And he gave me his bottles of wine, which he can't carry on his motorcycle. So I took an Uber and followed him to his uh, studio where we hung out that night with some friends. Anyways, uh, he had three bottles of wine. One of the one of the bottles – and they were all fancy. And one of them had a very peculiar um, – uh, not peculiar. It's just I've never seen it before. It's like an LED light. Uh, that you could set to say happy anniversary or, uh, you know, just like a scroll on, on the bottle, like, like you'd see on a billboard, you know, yeah, like a, in, in Times Square. It's, sure. So it's a little, you know, uh, a happy birthday or happy anniversary. We, right. we love you, Jim, whatever it is. Uh, this is yellowtail. This is yellowtail. <laughs> yeah. This was a really expensive bottle of wine. Or, um, uh, and so uh, I had one of these and you could, you could program it to say whatever you want. So anyways, we get to his house or his studio and we're there hanging out for several hours and, uh, uh, you know, leave his, leave his uh, alcohol there and, and uh, leave him to, to go to his wedding the next day. And I get home and about two, two an hour later, two hours later, I text, I text David Blaine uh, this. <laughs> it says, name any card. Not the Ace of Spades. And I said, not the Ace of Spades. Name any card, not the Ace of Spades. And David responded. Seven diamonds. Seven of diamonds. And I said, are you sure? And he said, <laughs> yes. And I said, you see those uh, you see those bottles we brought over? And he said, fuck you. And I said, what, do you see them? He said, K. One of them has a light or something. So the fuck you was preemptive. He, 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 he thought you were he, up to something. He, kno- no, he knew you were up to He something. knows what's coming. Yeah. It just doesn't want it to be true. <laughs> Uh, one of them has a light or something on it that you can turn on. Do you see it? No. And go he, fuck yourself, he, he writes. He writes, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I said, press play whenever you're ready. And so he, uh, and then texted me back a video. Shut up, seven of diamonds. And then I said, have a good night, buddy. 
And he wrote, fuck you. Kissy face. Oh, and then you send them a kissy face. Yeah. So that's the last time I I took an opportunity. Uh, I'm so glad I asked. To, I went to, from thinking that was the worst question I ever no. asked to the best question I'd ever but asked. That's but that's you know that's someone who doesn't get to experience that very often. You gave so. it to the Blaine. Yeah, yeah. But it's great because he 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 knows before it even happens. That but he's a magician. See, this is the. Th- I told you that I'm the sort of fella mm-hmm. that doesn't get little dick syndrome, meaning I have to know how you do it. I get pleasure in thinking. Of, that's part of the fun of the trick, mm-hmm. is thinking how could he do it. Mm-hmm. I will say in and of itself is the type of show where I was like, eh, I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, like, give up. What, there's, a give up the there's a give up design element in it. Where it's, it's no longer pleasant give to up. try yeah, and yeah, think give about up. it. It's not, yeah. as, it's not that fun. But with that... Mm-hmm. You know, the only way, and I don't expect you to, that's not my point. I want you to know that mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is, even if it is some sort of suggestion, mm-hmm. which is crazy, mm-hmm. you're still, let's say it is. Mm-hmm. Let's live in a world where there's such a thing as a mental force, and at the party, you were very clever, and you, you the last thing you showed him was the Seven of Diamonds, mm-hmm. and you knew that this was going to work. You're still living in a world where that's not, you know, bulletproof. Right. You, let's say before you left, you went, all right, David, seven of diamonds, baby. <laughs> and you left. Hey, I'm going to seven of uh, diamonds to you later, yes. right? Yeah. Even if that were the case, that like, and some good mentalists want, want us to believe it's part of their pattern. We'll talk about pattern after okay. this. And your hate for pattern, and I love that you hate pattern, is the idea that you can plant things in your head. Like, like a, a door-to-door salesman nodding yeah. his head up and down is more likely to get a yes, you can come in. Yeah. Th- these are things that sure, we sure, sure. want to believe, but we don't know if they're true. But even if it is true that I can say seven of diamonds to you at some point, ah, David, you are the seven of diamonds. And you're, then you leave. <laughs> you're still doing it to a guy who knows everything you know, maybe a good portion, let's say, let's say yeah, no, 70% he, he at least. in that world. That's his thing. He's yeah. a magician. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it's like me doing crowd work to Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. What am I going to do? Well, that's why it's... <laughs> Where a, are you from? But Long it, Island? Massapequa? <laughs> How am I going to get Seinfeld? But isn't that, isn't it more rewarding when you do? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And isn't it more rewarding, yeah. maybe not for you, I'm saying for me, that I'm taking the time to consider that even, that's what we do. We go, even if, yeah. even if there is a way to suggest a card mentally, mm-hmm. you're still in a precarious position. Because I'm going to take things, bullshit things, like you have some sort of remote control over the thing. That's bullshit. Where it's like you can program it, right. you've already left, and now you're going to type it in and yeah. upload it to the thing via Bluetooth. I don't think there are wine bottles that have Bluetooth. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. There might be now. I'm working on it. <laughs> and if it were your bottle, uh-huh. maybe we would think that's what you're doing. Fine. Yeah. But it's not. It's his bottle. Yeah, that's... That's the fun of it. That's what makes it great. Do you have a quarter? You know what I mean? I'm going to use your quarter. You're using his bottle. Yeah. And you're... So even if you were suggesting it nuancedly, you're still, after you text him, your dick is on the chopping block. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's David Blaine. Yeah. Do you uh, think of a card? Yeah, okay. Seven of diamonds. What if he texts eight of clubs? You know, there's a lot of them. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of them. It's not, it's not and he, infinite. It's, and with you know, a guy like that, mm-hmm. if he goes seven of diamonds, he might go, you know, Derek's up to something. Yeah. I'm going to sidestep. He yeah. says, don't think of the ace of spades. Well, no one will go, okay, ace of hearts. Mm-hmm. That seems like a fuck you move where it's like, 
I know you're up to something. The only twist you give is don't make it the Ace of Spades, which does tend to shift people towards. Yeah, for him, it's irrelevant. I mean, it's you think? Just, it's, well, I mean, you're not going to. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to influence. Like, you're not going to influence. Chances are. Chances are you're not going to influence David because he's. He's he, done it. He's done. He knows what he's doing. He's been to the that, puppet show and seen the strength. He's asked people to think of cards a lot, so he he that's he it. Knows the game, but that's his whole thing. But I guess I guess all I say, all I can say, it's not all I will say. It's all I could say is, you don't point to the bleachers unless you know you're hitting it. You know, you don't. You just you don't you don't you don't see a lot of guys pointing to the bleachers and then striking out. Yeah, like it just doesn't. You don't see. You know. You don't see that. And Babe so, Ruth had to one of those times foul. How out ridiculous would that be, right? You know, it just yeah, exactly. One time he yeah. fouled out. Yeah, yeah, but no, you you, you just uh, that's where that's where you 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 have to believe. You know, you have to believe that 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 it's that it's um, the the stars are aligning for a reason. You know, right. and 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 yeah and so well, you hanged him which is the only compliment for a comedian if you see a comedian you go you did a bit so good i hated you yeah yeah that's the only compliment and you got the fuck you got the triple fuck you triple fuck you from yeah. maybe the yeah. most famous magician before in the world, during right? and after yeah before <clears throat> fuck you during fuck you and an after fuck you yeah it's incredible yeah can we talk about adrenaline yeah <laughs> i think it's funny because you're drinking coffee and i was on set the other day boy me i hope i'm not the guy that you hate but there was a deck of cards on the set, mm-hmm. and I was just playing with it because mm-hmm. I like playing with cards. Mm-hmm. And I'll just – I'm actually trying to do Blaine's um, double lift. I like the way he does it. He does a push-off. You're really getting technical. All yeah, right. with you. Yeah. Well, and everyone listening. <laughs> they like it. No, that's cute. People it's love cute. listening. It's cute. It's cute. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, though. Yeah, I do. I and do. it's fun, and I'm trying to do that. And then I, I go over to the director, who's a friend of mine, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do my best magic trick. This is the only trick I do. And it's one of Blaine's that I watched over and over. And again, uh, what's up? No, I just, I, I, I just think of the equivalent of you doing that on, with comedy. Like, I'm going to do my best joke for you now. But it doesn't it's work. But best. magic does work. You no, know, you think it does. There's no <laughs> Oh, tell me, tell no, me, tell me. No, I just, it's like, I, I once told a, a man, uh, I, when I was a kid, I told my, uh, uh, David Williamson is a, a hero of mine growing up. And I, I said, oh, you'll like this. And he goes, don't say that. You don't know that. Don't why are you why are you saying that? You don't know that I'll like the So the same thing with the best thing. It was like I'll be the judge if this is the best thing. No, no, thing no, I'm is. not saying it's the best trick. It's my best trick. Meaning I'm not going to do five tricks. I'm just going to do the one trick that is usually the best trick. I just think it's funny that you qualify. Like in what other area would you qualify like this is the be- on stage. On stage. This is my best joke. Really? Absolutely. Do you, do you say that? Oh, sure. You say, this is my best joke? Or usually it's in the, in the wake of the laughter. I go, that's my favorite joke. So it might be after. Well, validating it after it's been proven is, is fair enough. If you, if you did it and it was a miracle and you went, that was my best trick, then I would, I would be like, that's fine. That's fair enough. But to open with that is just such a high bar, I guess. Is what I suppose that's it. It's such a high bar to set for yourself. But the reason I tell you that isn't, uh, isn't to whatever impress you is to tell you that I did the trick for a friend mm-hmm. long setup so mm-hmm. we had like a long time to kill mm-hmm. and I'm just going to do this trick and I did it mm-hmm. and during the trick I noticed that my hand was shaking mm. you know and I'm like what is going on I, oh, this, yeah. it's not that difficult of a trick these are friends there wasn't a group watching it was mm-hmm. maybe two people watching yeah. and they're sympathetic to me <laughs> they're friends yeah they're not going to yeah. They're not going to boo. And even if you do fuck it up, it doesn't matter. Who cares? 
But afterwards, I realized my hand was shaking, and I did it. And when I was done, this relief washed over yeah. me. I was like, my theory was, that's it. Hmm. That's the adrenaline addiction that you get, even if you are in a safe environment. And then I'm going to spin it to a question, is do you still get that, or is that no longer a part of the equation? Um, uh, I, no, I don't get that. Uh, no, no, no. But are you kidding me? No, because I understand what it is. What do you mean? No, what do you mean? You never get shaky or or. No, I get. I go. I get quiet. I get quiet. I get really quiet. You've learned to turn that feeling into something else. Yes, I've learned what the feeling is, and I've learned to to use it in a more in For a more you. productive way. Tell um, me what the feeling is. So I believe that it is uh, um, is a consciousness of the fragility of of creating a magic tri- a magic moment or an illusion in that magic unlike most everything else is an unforgiving uh uh practice you you, you cannot there's no half miracles there's no half it's like it's like you know half pregnant you're either you are or you aren't you know it's like you so you understand that there's a fine fine line between this being amazing and it being n- just horrible or not amazing at all and a waste of someone's time and that fragile fragile line is what i think causes that anxiety of like this is this is this could break at any moment it's like tiptoeing on ice you know it's like at any point i could shatter this illusion i could i could you know i expose the wire they know i'm not flying or yeah well the eggs on your face yeah and so and then now and now you you look like an asshole because like you've been wasting their time with this lie you know and that's what you just like what am i doing you know maybe if he catches this everything we've done has been ruined and so like imagine if not not just every word but every syllable that you said had the potential of destroying a joke Right, every syllable, every single syllable, which is has, a terrible thing to think while you're on stage. Horrible yeah. has the potential of destroying all of the laughter, all of it. Every right. not a single person will laugh if one syllable is wrong. Right, and that's what doing uh, a good piece of magic is: is that like every single thing you do is moving towards a, a feeling and this this moment of wonder and astonishment. And if you fuck it up at any single point, it diminishes it. Right. And, and, and he, it chips away at it. And the whole so thing is compromised. You have to stick the landing. And the, you, you absolutely have to stick the landing or it's it's ruined. There's right. no one or the other. That's why I get very uh, frustrated when I don't stick the landing because not only did it ruin that that moment that there that I set out to create for someone, it ruins every moment that comes after it. And maybe every moment before, okay, before it. it. Because they realize those were – They realize that, oh, it's all – it's all, it's all, this has all been orchestrated. Like he is, he's – this is a craft. This isn't just happening. This isn't just an experience. He's methodically, you know, figured out a way to get me to this this magical space. And goddamn it, I don't want to go there. You right, know? right, right, right. Yeah. So, I, so I, so I, I feel like I feel like the consciousness of that, like, it's so much pressure to realize, like, every syllable has to be right. And if it's not, that's a lot of pressure. Right. So uh, I just, I just get every syllable right. <laughs> I just that's why I, so I work towards it with the consciousness of with knowing, practicing with or, practicing yeah and yeah. understanding and not practicing not just technical practicing literally thinking about the end result and what I want from it and what I want to deliver and like you know like when you did that trick for them did you really understand like what you wanted out of that engagement like what See, what you really so... really wanted from it and I what know. you wanted to give them right because like where are you failing 
Right. It, you know, you, and who are you failing? And who are you failing? Because if you don't even understand what you're trying to get out See, of it. See, that's why I think maybe I am the person that you don't like, which is fine. Because I think I am doing it to go, didn't I do something magic? And whereas a pro yeah. goes, didn't you go somewhere? Mm, I don't know the pros do that. But, but, but that's what you're trying to do. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, and like, uh, you know, D- David Blaine, same thing. Like, David really strives for something amazing. And, and, right. and, uh, um, people who genuinely are trying to take place to a place of, of real wonder and astonishment. Right. Not, not just like a trick, a trick, you know, like right. doing some pattern. Where do you trick, stand you know? on, I, because I talked to Pendulette a little bit about Blaine, because mm-hmm. I love Blaine mm-hmm. so much so. Again, not to mm-hmm. out him, but because I appreciate it, I would watch and pause and figure yeah, out yeah, and yeah. practice sure, sure. just for myself yeah. and occasionally do that trick on set sometimes. But he. Penn and Blaine are different is that he's he's like – Blaine wants you to think that he legitimately has powers. Well uh, – Whereas Penn goes out of his way to say this is a trick, this is a trick, this is a trick. No, I uh, – I, David, David doesn't want you to know what is real and what is not. That's his whole thing. Like and that's why he does these things that like lock himself in a block of ice and stand on a pole and right. and then he'll come down and do a card trick. Uh, and then, and which is fine, but he's constantly going back and forth between real and not real, right. and that's his practice. So he doesn't necessarily want you to believe in something that's not real. He def- he definitely wants to blur the line. He wants to exist in this blurred line. What makes area. what I think about when I think about David wanting, and I love David. Mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change a thing. So I'm not trying to say like this is bad. Yeah. But when you do a levitation yeah. trick on the street, yeah. and then afterwards you cough as if you've conjured up some sort of specter to yeah. help you, yeah. and it's actually making you ill, uh-huh. which I would say is great theater and wonderful, yeah. you do get people like Michael Jackson saying, I believe in you, David Blaine. <laughs> You're real. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think the, I think the obligation to, to clarify those things happens off the stage. Is or, that right? Or off, yeah, off the stage. I mean, yeah, I think that... You you have, if you're on a stage or you know playing by the rules on TV as far as like you know doing if if what they see live is what the ex- viewer at home has the same experience if those story if those narratives match up mm-hmm. you know um, then then I, yeah I don't think you have any obligation to tell them you know this is this is just a trick but, and, but in see- an interview afterwards if someone asks you was that a trick you have to you have to say yeah. Like I feel, then then becomes the ethical obligation to clarify. But more people are you know, YouTubing tricks than interviews with David Blaine, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah this isn't yeah, even yeah. a debate. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. if you read the comments on any yeah. magic YouTube video, ninety mm-hmm. percent of them are people saying this person's of the devil. It's like sixteen ninety two all you over. Can't, again. You can't. You know, that's you can't. Crazy. First of all, most people don't think you know magic's real or david blaine is real magic most people you know think he's it's david blaine you know he's and an so amazing magician. He's amazing. and so like I, I at some point magicians started um answering questions instead of creating new ones yeah and i you know i think there are lots of people smarter than all magicians uh to help clarify what's real and what's not in this world and i think that like it's a much higher bar to create uh a you know something incredible that people are confounded by and amazed by and want to discuss <clears throat> and I, <clears throat> I think that that's that's a much much higher bar than you know uh 
you know, I, I don't think David would 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 argue that like you know his job isn't to 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 tell you the truth. His job is to show you something fucking amazing and then let you deal with it. <laughs> and that's it. That's like he doesn't have an obligation outside of that. I think if he's trying to deceive people in terms of powers, like real, like you know, I'm I have real powers outside of the context of entertainment, which he's an entertainer, you mm-hmm. know, then, then yeah, you have a moral or ethical obligation. If a little old lady comes up to you and asks you to contact her dead husband, then yeah, you should probably tell him, tell her that it's, it's just tricks. Right. But you should do that and not insult her intelligence. You should do that and not, you should realize that like she, you know, this is someone who's hurting and is desperately looking for a way to heal her pain and not necessarily be like, there's there's no afterlife, sweetie. He's just gone. <laughs> He's nothing. He's dust. And like I think that, you know, yeah, I, I I think that I think Penn's always right for the most part. And I think he's he's oftentimes uh harsh about how he's right because he's so he he He's uh, had it figured out in his brain. He's had it figured out. And I think yeah. that when you're when you're right and you know you're right, it's easy to forget that other people don't don't they haven't caught up yet. And so I just think it's, you got to be sensitive about how you explain to people how stupid they are. <laughs> yes, you but you're kind of careful. You got to be careful. Your show, at least the one that I saw, is very different. There, mm-hmm. so if we take coughing after a trick, mm-hmm. like a, like an illusion actually. Took you're talking it. about like a theatrical, like, like a theatrical. You like, never go like, oh man, I need a. Moment I'm winded to, from yeah. all the magic. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's really take it. Out you of do me. the opposite. You say. <laughs> When I was hustling, and you you told me every story you tell in the show is true, yeah. And then you show people again. I that you, I don't think you can ruin this. You go. I'm going to show you where I'm putting the cards, and I'm going to deal them there's, as if they're on the top. Yeah, there's one. There's one demonstration of of. Uh, I was reluctant to put any cards in the show. I'm so I, glad you did. I didn't. <coughs> I, I think it's the one the one thing that people could recognize in the show where they go, ah, cards. I know what cards are. I know what. Yeah, I know what a now I know he's a magician. Uh, so I was reluctant <laughs> to put him in there because I, I thought it would give people too much of an anchor to hold on to as far as what I was and what the show was. But really, I realized that it needed uh, is autobiographical. So that's an expose of of cheating at cards mm. and uh, uh, kind of my that? relationship. I had a relationship with that world for a, for a while. Gambling, and, uh, gambling. Yeah, and I I, I uh, worked at a casino for a while, and I grew up around a lot of guys who. Uh, you know, used uh, expert at the card table. Not card, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. <laughs> I, I grew, I grew up with uh, uh, chasing those people down. Not just grew up with them randomly. I found these people because I was very interested in sleight of hand that had a utility. Sleight of hand that actually did something. You know, you you can you can use these techniques to literally change the circumstances of your environment. Back to the Future too. You know, damn it's right, the sports almanac. Exactly. So you. If you're working at a casino, though, you you can only win for the house. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I I legitimately worked for it. I didn't. Right. I didn't. I didn't cheat or anything. You know, but I was around these people and and uh, around that world for a long time. And and you get put in positions where uh, your you know your your knowledge of the dark arts may be tested and <laughs> and maybe maybe employed or put to use by people who um, you know want to make some money. So they would – hypothetically, I yeah. don't know how to protect you. It's yeah. like hypothetically someone would know that you were the expert at the card table. Yeah. And like in Rounders, Worm is dealing Matt Damon. Right, right. Unbelievable hands. Yeah, there, there are situations that are more, uh, more, more formal, less informal than like what you'd see in like a Rounders where two guys like roll up to a game. There are entire games that are set up to take people's money. 
uh, informed. The whole thing is the, a ruse. The whole thing. The entire, the entire. So there's one mark, and it's the outsider that's like, do you no, want not, to play? Not just one mark, one building full of people. Like one, an, an entire. The whole thing the is. Whole, the whole thing is, a, is, a the, is theater. It's, it's like, this is an entire event that's, that's built around. Taking one person's taking, money? No, taking everyone's, everyone's money. money. Taking everyone's money. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, a carnival, basically. One person and another one person and another yeah. one person. Yeah. But there's a lot of people in on it, is what you're mm, saying. It doesn't have to be too many. I mean... But one per table? Maybe not even. You just need one table. Uh, one high roller's table would be enough to, to make it all worthwhile. I see. So you're getting background actors... That are playing a low stakes. No, game. no, no. Those are real games. No, I know what I mean is oh, you're yeah, getting, yeah, yeah, you're getting them. Yeah, they're that, not hired. That part but... is just theater over there, right. and they, they don't realize they're in a they're in a flash mob that they don't even know they're hired. That's for. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. You're just playing yeah. a game, and you don't realize you're a pawn in the high stakes game, which is being yeah conned. Yes, correct. That's fascinating. That's a whole the whole world that exists out there, and and so that's that's explored in the show a little bit and talk about that because there's you know there's that's. Kind of the point of like, you know, you, you see me holding the deck of cards and I'm, you know, I look like some, maybe someone's nephew, a nice guy and, and uh, maybe know a card trick. But it's like these exact same skills can be used for something nefarious and dangerous. And, and how, is it, how is it that the same person is part of both of these worlds and the same, this same exact thing that can be used to entertain you can also be used to screw you over, right, you know? Right. And it's just it's, – it's like context and – you know the use of the thing and how you and what you see and know about it defines what it is or is not in the experience, and so <laughs> it all falls into that that uh, category. So hypothetically, if you were the yeah. dealer at the high stakes table that is all mm-hmm. surrounded by these unknowing background actors playing low stakes games, mm-hmm. and there's this, it sounds like a movie scene. There's an oil tycoon mm-hmm. and he wants a good time, and you're the dealer, mm-hmm. so you're cut in. This guy's going to lose a million dollars. And then that million dollars is going to be distributed to the people that set up the ruse. Correct. Including the dealer? It's a production. Yeah. More – the dealer is doing the heavy work though. Talk about handshaking adrenaline. You're not doing it to delight the other person. You're doing it to steal from the other person. So now if you're dealing from – It gets a little weird if the dealer's hands are shaking for no reason. Right. Yeah. Right. What what are you so nervous about, dealer? But you've been in a situation kind of like this where you're you're not – Doing a magic trick, you're participating in something bigger like that. I have, uh, I have, I have, I have participated in in that world, uh, and and have and have tested my own limits of of of, of what I do uh, in, <laughs> in that regard, and and fi- you know figure out who I am, uh, and and you know, and that's a theme. You were tempted with the dark side. Yeah, I mean, well, it's yeah, you learn a thing your whole life, and 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 you you, you know you read about it and you learn it and you become good at it. And at some point, you want to know if you can do it. Mm. You know, a, you spent your entire, you wasted your entire life. Well, we talked about that. Learning you, yeah. this, you you learned this. This is what you became the best at. This thing that no That's one, we were that no about. one values and no one cares about. And we openly ridicule for and, the most part. That we openly ridicule. And, and it took you eight thousand hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for one thing, you yeah, know, and so. Yeah. So you the, you wasted your life doing this, and what for what? And well, maybe there is a use for it, you know. And maybe that use is, you know, maybe the, and there's, it, it's power. It's talking about power, like you 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 you. Well, maybe maybe in self worth and the value that you have, and what you can contribute to this world, and how you're 
how you're appreciated and how you're valued. And it, you know, well, it's not on stage as a magician because no one gives a shit about them. Well, you know, may, maybe you can make some money doing it. It's like you know. two extremes. No respect, no power. Yeah, totally. Too, too sexy, crazy, dangerous, powerful. Yeah, and those are the... But there's no in-between. There's, I wish there was like an in-between where you don't have to be nefarious. There's not. There, well, and I think the show, I think the show that I'm the doing show now is the, is, the, is the in-between, and it explores that. That the, like, there is an in-between, but it's, it's kind of embracing both sides and like realizing that like, the, you know, the same thing can be the dark side and the light side. You yeah. Know? I have to tell you, please, please keep the cards in because I understand you didn't want to do it. Yeah, anything. I'm, I'm not going to change it now. No, I, I know, but I mean, like your next show. Oh, 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 for what it's worth, know that there was no part of me that was like, "Oh, the standard magic has begun." It was incredible. I, I've spent more time thinking about that in that good. How does he do it? Exciting. Yeah, but you, you know, you carry around a fake thumb, so <laughs> your your opinion is a little suspect. Yes, consider the source. Uh, yeah, I'm taking but I've thought about how many times you shuffled like a true yeah. shuffle, yeah. and still managed to do something impossible while blindfolded. Yeah. And any simple solution, talk about a toy, mm-hmm. any sort of uh, the cards are marked. There's so many stupid bullshit. Beginning points like, where you could be it doesn't like, matter, yeah. it's a stripped deck or whatever it was. It wouldn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You've yeah. done something with the cards where it, it's just, it's just, well, it's real. Beyond words. It's, it's real. real. You're watching real, you're watching, you're watching real that, magic. The, the one, the one card trick in the show is not a card trick. That's right. That's, that's the kind of the point. Is it's like, real. It's, what you're really watching is you're watching someone play a piano or a violin or something. Right. Hopefully is what it looks like. You're watching 20 years of someone's life in 12 minutes is what you're watching. <laughs> Do you still like cards? Do you still like sure, the feel yeah. of them and the whole? Yeah. I don't carry them around with me, but I, I like holding them and they're, you know, it's, it's, it's a uh, comfortable it's it's it feels like home you know i i it's very familiar and and uh and i do appreciate it i wish i li- i wish i wish there was a world where that was enough i, I wish that the, cards yeah i wish that just holding a deck of cards and playing with cards and showing people a card trick was enough but yeah uh rightfully so it's it's not enough can it's, you it's not enough anymore can do you ever we talked about this a little bit off off mic the idea of the perfect trick because you're actually operating at that level where I feel like you can do anything. Mm. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, Derek can do anything. Okay. In a world of limitless possibilities yeah. and limitless ability, mm-hmm. what is the perfect trick? Because there needs to be, mm-hmm. for example, if I hold up the king of hearts uh-huh. and you go, I actually said the king of spades. And in front of your eyes, it changes to the king of spades. Yeah, We almost don't like that. We'd almost prefer you put your hand over it or something. Yeah. Like we doesn't the human brain crave a narrative? Like I don't, I just don't want to go like sixteen. You're thinking of sixteen because we need it to be written down. Oh, you're talking about like the, the actual like form of like a of like if you could do any shape of a trick or something. What yeah. would you do if you could do anything? Oh, I've, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Oh, I'm doing it. I mean, the show is like. I mean, uh, when I stop doing this, I'll think of the next thing. But like, do you start with the impossible endeavor and then go like, okay, how? Could I, I certainly. Do that? I, I think that part of the reason, like, um, this show has been effective for not just um, the lay people, but 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 also <laughs> magicians that I I. <laughs> People. I don't know what do you call them. What do you call them? In- civilians. Civilian. You call them no, civilians. That's even worse. Oh, that sounds like that sounds even worse. The, yeah, the civilians. We Mu- call them weirdos. Muggles. People. Uh, yeah, sure. Not no weirdos are people that love magic and understand magic. Yeah. 
and then the other people are just muggles, sure. Yeah. Muggles. No, I, I, uh, I've, I've realized that uh, at a certain point, the knowledge gets in the way of creating. So, like, it's really actually counterintuitive, but the more you learn about magic, the worse, the, the worse your chances of being, doing something, being a great magician, like creating yeah. something magical, because you have no, you've limit, you've set boundaries in your head. You, you, you as know, a kid, you still have your instincts, absolutely. of wonder. Yeah, and you know, and you, as an adult, you know the ballet moves. Correct, right. and you, you, you the, the that knowledge becomes limiting, and so isn't you, that crazy? It is crazy. Anonymity and lack of talent is actually an asset. Yeah, well, at that's the beginning, how you become president, apparently, uh, <laughs> and my name will be on the building, right? But no, it's you know the Dunning Kruger effect, all that stuff about like you know what's the Dunning Kruger effect? Where naive people like go forward and become successful because they just don't know they know they don't know better. Yeah, they don't know they shouldn't uh, right. succeed and become <laughs> successful. Right? Um, you know, uh, so and that's true in every field, uh, but like in 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 uh, magic, it's. It's unfortunate that the like the craft actually starts to hurt the art, the or the artistic part of it. The the the, the more you the more you learn, the more technical you become, the further away from that just that feeling of the organic natural feeling of of wonder because uh, you you know what's possible. I'm using air quotes. Possible. Yeah, possible. And uh, and so like I've had to really work towards uh, allowing myself the freedom to think without. Thinking about methods and that's it and knowledge. I've just like, what would I want to see exist? And then start at the top and then work backwards. Like, what would the best version of this idea look like? The real magic version of it, and then start there and then work towards it. And you're going to come into hurdles always, but like, at least start there. Don't start with, well, here's what I here's what I have in my toolbox. Mm. I don't care about the tools. I don't even think about the tools. I think about you know, like the the architecture, the thing I want people to see, the thing I want to make. And then figure it out. And the, you might have to invent tools, you know, to mm. – to, it's like you don't – it's not even you have to make the building. You have, you have to make tools to make the building right. first, right. you know. Right. And so it is challenging but uh, worth it. And I think that like – They're like inventors that invent with inventions that haven't been invented yet. Yeah. That like next level of imagination. It's like what if we had – Cold fusion. Yeah. Okay, if we had that, then I'll invent with that. And yeah, it's that's, like three steps ahead, and you have to do that sort of stuff. That's what it feels like. That's what this show has forced me to do. And and it's like if I've seen it before, it's out. You know, it's right. been like that. And uh, uh, I don't want anyone to 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 have seen these things. <clears throat> what would the perfect card trick be, though? Or can you think of the trick that you saw that you were like, "Oh, magic is the greatest thing in the world"? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, it it was in. Me, you know, I, I didn't. I, that now, now I realize that like a, mo- a moment of wonder, I can only give so much credit to the person doing it. It's really me taking the leap of faith in in the beliefs of of that thing, of that of that amazing thing. Right. And like, I, I, and I mean that for everyone. Like, it's not just me; it's everyone. Like, you, I, I don't want to make, I don't want to build things and show you how amazing they are. I want to build opportunities that could be amazing and let you make the leap you know mm. they'll build a canyon and let you believe you can it's like did you ever see uh 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 in the third indiana jones uh, uh, last crusade last crusade thank you uh indiana jones last crusade uh you've seen that mm-hmm. when when he uh, walks across the, the dog's name was indiana yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're you're good at most impersonations that was extraordinarily <laughs> awful for what it was 
Um, no, the uh, the last Need. the very last test when he the yes. walks across uh, to go get the cup of a carpenter, right. you know, right? And he takes that leap, and it's that beautiful like Trumploid yeah. bridge that yeah. blends in with the. I want to be the guy who builds that bridge. <laughs> like it's not about being Indiana Jones, and right. it's about it's about building the thing that allows people to be Indiana Jones, right. building building them the opportunity to take a leap of faith, right? And building them, you know, building something. Uh, amazing and letting them discover it for themselves because they had the courage to go there. They, they, Which they, is kind of bullshit because there. the bridge, if you remember mm. after he puts the sand on it, is moving. That's not faith. That's luck. <laughs> remember? It's, no, it's not moving. I thought it was moving. No, it's not moving. It's I the thought camera it was moves. Oh. No, they're, revealing, they're revealing that it's a tr- like a Trump-Lloyd it's like a Trump Lloyd uh, bridge. It's blended in perfectly to look like it's uh, uh, I thought it was moving. Yeah. I forgot. He's chosen poorly. You should, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that—that's—that's that's the uh, uh, you know the difference, I guess, is that like uh, I don't, I don't. So I, it's impossible to answer that. I mean, I, it's the equivalent of saying, "What's the funniest joke you can imagine?" No, doing? I know, but I What's do try funniest? to imagine it. But I mean, like, I guess what I'm but isn't wondering that, isn't is, that, are you setting yourself up for failure? Like, because if you, because it's just such a like, it's such a. It's like saying you want to write the best American next best American novel. Like yeah, it's but like I, what do you want to say and then I always, say that? Paul you know? Thomas Anderson said when he sat down to write Magnolia, I cite this all the time. He said, "I'm going to write an amazing movie." He didn't know what it was about, mm-hmm. but when you intend to write an amazing movie, sometimes you might be more likely to write it. I guess what I'm really asking you is, at what point does a magic trick become so impossible that it's unsatisfying? Because there are these guys, I, I forget their names. I think they're in Japan and they do crazy shit where he pulls a sandwich that's like 30 feet long out of his pocket mm-hmm. and I watch it and I'm like for some reason I don't like this it's too insane yeah I'll- like if I ask you to pick a card and you say the four hearts and then I show you they're all all it's a it's your deck of cards mm-hmm. and then you say think of any card and you say four hearts and then mm-hmm. I open them up spread them out and they're all four of hearts it almost goes like there's almost like no like, people get mad. Yeah. How do you keep it in the realm of delight? We, there needs to be... We don't want to watch someone vanish. We want to watch a, a sheet go up and then they vanish for oh, some reason. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So you, you started talking about the difference between, like, obscuring something and, like, leaving it in plain sight. Like, if something bleak, blinked out of existence, right. it's maybe not as satisfying as if I wave my hand and just at the right moment. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the hand seems like the trick, but that's our brains are building the story. I think there was a thing and a hand the, went by. You, I think it's you're you're not leaving room for them. I think the the the, the shroud the shroud is giving it's allowing you room for your imagination. That's what I mean. And if I don't leave room for your imagination, then why are you here? What point what right. is it? It's just special like was it special effects? That's like, exactly what, it. what do you need me for? That's what it is. Magic is being done at me. Yeah, instead of with me. instead of with me or for me. Exactly. Or, or I'm creating the magic and you're just doing you're doing something and then my head is turning it into what I perceive as magic. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. the vanish you do in the show with the cards yeah. mm-hmm. is so slow and beautiful and everyone knows when you start something's going to disappear. Like you Maybe. feel it. Yeah. Maybe. You're Maybe. hoping. Maybe. Well, that's the difference. I, I say – I've said this before. I said like, you know uh, – it's not about my ability to perform a thing. It's about your – it's about the moment right before it happens when you hope it does. 
Mm-hmm. When, you, when you really hope That's it. it's going to happen. That's the hand and then I in just, front of the thing. Yeah, and then I validate it. And it, I'm hoping in that moment, please. Please let this. Let that disappear. And because then, then you extrapolate and that please let us live in a world where that's possible. And then if it is, what else is possible? Right. And now magic is a synonym for hope. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's but what if it is. you just make shit disappear or in the case of the sandwich, you just pull a sandwich out and there's no way for me to latch on to it other than dumbfoundedness. There's no room for you. Yeah. There's no room for me. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. You hate patter. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. You tried to look up the origin of the word patter? Yeah. Patter. It's brutal. You buy a magic trick, for those that don't know, and it says, this is the patter. I was in New York City and I saw a guy playing three-card money. Yeah. And that's the story once, and it's not true? Go yeah, ahead. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I once met a man who had three cups and three balls or yeah. whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the vehicle to get, to deliver the trick. And everyone knows it's baloney all most of the time. And it is <laughs> most of the time. Most and that's that's where that's where magicians need to own it. Oh, they need to take the fuck take the lashings and and admit that there's a problem and we can move forward. But until they do, we can't. Uh the first step to, you know, solving a problem is admitting there is one. Right. And and yeah, absolutely. Most things magicians say are, it's just bullshit. It's not even and not bullshit as in lies to you. It's just shit. They're just filling time. They're just right. they're just saying shit right. to get to show you the That's, thing that they want to show you. Val and I always do a thing with receipts at the end of a meal, and I love doing a thing which is a magician who doesn't do magic. Mm-hmm. So you take the receipt, and there's just a way that they go like. The funny thing about paper is it's 98% air. I don't know if you know that. You know what I mean? And it's just like, right. yeah. just make the thing disappear. Just, or what you did was you took a trick and then you reverse engineered what is something true I can say that would showcase the trick. No, I didn't even do that. In a real way. Or it felt like you did. What did you do? <laughs> I said, what do I want to say? Hmm. And what, and only use magic when it helped punctuate that thing I wanted to say. As opposed to most people think, what trick do I want to do? And yeah. what can I say that Correct. would lead to that trick? Right. Yeah. I thought about what I wanted to tell people first. What was the etymology of patter? I forget. So, uh, yeah, I, I had – I did the last show that I wrote, the, the people – I still had a few people mention in like reviews or something, very positive, but they had mentioned patter. And they'd say like <laughs> – and the patter or whatever. Like, But no one, no one really had a way of talking about the language and I asked – a writer, I said, why, why do you think they, they say patter? Like when they, like sometimes people say patter when they write about the show. It's like, well, it's just like, you know, it's the stuff, it's the stuff you say in between the stuff we're there to see. Like, you know, the pat, you know, the patter. And it's like, <laughs> mm, I'm not buying that. Cause I spent a lot of time thinking about the words and, and choosing them carefully. And, and, uh, uh, it didn't feel like patter, but still perceived as patter. And so I was like, this is a problem. And so I looked up the word and, uh, you know the etymology is like that. Uh, it comes from Paternoster, the 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 Lord's Prayer. Our you know our Lord and Father, Thou art in heaven. All that right. and in um, in church every Sunday you you would say that prayer. And after a while, because you've said it so many times, it just kind of becomes like I brought a little father, father, father. It just kind of mumbles because you, right. you're just doing it for yourself. Everyone's head is down. They don't really. No one really gives a shit. You're just kind of going through the motions of saying it. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, uh, criminals used uh, cr- uh, took the word patter from that as like their mumble, their jargon that they, you know, the criminals speak between one another, you know, um, and 
And that got transferred to like carnies and uh, snake oil salesmen and, mm. and then eventually to like vaudevillians, you know, bar- carnival bar- barkers and then vaudevillians and comedians and jugglers and magicians in vaudeville. And powder was just kind of the pointless shit that you said before you did your next bit. You know, it's little little bits to, to, to keep whatever it is you're doing moving forward. And now you look up the word powder and it's like – Either you know words devoid of meaning meant to deceive you, words used to fill time and and you know devoid of the any worst things. yeah it's like the worst possible yeah. things it's like bullshit literally just magicians bullshit yeah bullshit that you say you know in between things you know has no relevance and and uh, I, I I read that and went oh god that's that's a real problem for me because if if uh, if someone thinks that what a magician does is patter, because traditionally it is, that means before I even open my mouth, they are going to dismiss what I'm saying. They they can't even hear it because mm-hmm. it's literally just, oh, he's just saying some shit to, to get me to the trick or to deceive me, which is even worse. Not even just to carry us forward, just to get through it, to, but to actually, oh, he's, he's just saying that to, to confuse me or he's just saying that to – uh, but yeah, but like you're saying, like you're ninety nine percent, you know, air and paper. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Like it's like, all right, I get you're saying that, but what are you going to do with the paper? You know, you're just right. saying that to confuse me right now. <laughs> and so, um, so going into the show, I really thought about how to get people to listen, to hear, to hear what I'm saying first, and and know that that what I'm saying is is in their best interest. It's not to deceive them. It's literally to say these things. Um, but yeah, finding out that like just because a magician says it, it equals patterns really was a disturbing revelation, right. you know. And uh, talk about people imposing t- an identity on you. Yeah, yeah. He's doing his pattern. Yeah, and it's 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 tough. Uh, it's like you know the idea that nothing you can say is relevant because of who you are is it's a brutal thing to to right. kind of confront. Right. Yeah. Because you're a magician. Yeah. And well, you're a liar. You don't have anything to tell me that right. that is true or matters. Right. That's tough. That's really tough. Is that your – are you hopeful for the future of magic? Do you think people are going to – I I honestly, I have a hard time I, – I used to very much carry um, the weight of like magic as a, as a uh, an entire – you know, like the future of magic. And, yeah, and the, as a thing. And it's, 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 it's rough. It's rough. It's too rough to uh, – it's too it's, – it's a lot of responsibility that I don't that, that I don't need to impose on myself. I, mean, I think there's a lot of um, it's different. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that what I want to do is absolutely different than what most magicians want. I, I it's not. I don't even know that we have the same intentions of, of that's what I'm getting. What we want to do with I'm the guy work. on the set going. I hope you think I'm magical, and I, that's why yeah. I was kind of joking, but meaning it that I'm like part of the problem is you're. Shifting the intention of it, yeah. in another direction. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that there's an opportunity that that is if you, if you can take something that's inherently amazing, which is a moment of, of a magic, and insert ideas uh, into it properly, and you use not, and not shove them in there. Really use the natural uh, spaces that, and not every idea. You can't talk about every idea, but there are things that right. magic is a perfect form and medium to express ideas for certain for very specific things and i think you know i'm i'm just beginning to explore what what those things are and what what conversations and dialogues you can have just because 
of uh, of magic. You can't. Uh, you, I, like I almost don't even want to have the discussion in other mediums. Like the, if you could have it in another medium, I'm not interested in it. It's like literally the only these very specific conversations that you can have because of these moments of of just impossible wonder, you know, mm-hmm. and like, what can you talk about in this area, in this arena that we're creating for ourselves? Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I'm interested in exploring that, but, but, uh, I don't, yeah. It's also interesting though, what you're talking about and what we talked about, what you're doing, it doesn't really translate to TV. No, not at all. At all. Not, a, not Which zero. is a little bit troubling. Very. <laughs> no, it's, it's troubling in terms of like, you know, making a living. But yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. You really, are a purist and you have to be a purist because you can't sell in and of itself to netflix you could i don't know if it would not a one-to-one not like yeah. the way you do a comedy special certainly right. yeah you, you can't just go well i've done no. it a thousand times now just film it and we'll we'll get out of here no you you have to like like i remember a friend of mine was talking about a show that would be like like flight of the concords but instead of music it's magic and i'm like i i worry about that like how do we can't do it Right. Can't do it. It doesn't matter. It's like you're just it's like, no, it's like it, it's it's temporal. Like the only for me, you know, uh, in terms of the magic part, that's why, like, if you have other pillars that are supporting the, the, the content, like if you're really, 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 really funny and happen to also be a magician, maybe there's a special there. Right. Maybe, maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a um, uh, or like Penn and Teller who are relevant. Like they, they have said enough things that matter uh, and have a point of view and. Uh, they're you know saying things with what they do that you kind of the magic is secondary to you know them doing a trick where they burn a flag on stage and talk about the first you know mm-hmm. the, the freedom of speech like that's in the bill of rights and things like that like that th- that's enough to carry a trick like you're not really watching it for the magic that's supporting the content mm-hmm. of what they're doing but uh just as far as just magic goes it it um it doesn't work because it's not in the moment, you're not fracturing anything real. You're not, you're, you know, in, in reality, it's like amazing and you see this incredible thing and you're sitting at home and you're like, well, I don't, I don't I'm not there. I don't, I don't know. And then that's why what David Blaine did was he used people's, the, him fracturing people's reality on the streets and this is so real. Right. And then you, there, it's just a proxy and you're watching other people's reality being fractured. Right, right, right. And you're like, oh, neat. That must be what that's like. Right. But this doesn't happen to you though at home. Right. And it can never – it just won't happen. I think that was – I think it was Penn that was like he did the most genius thing ever, which he, was he made a, a magic special about the audience. Yeah, made it about the <laughs> – made it, he made it about the reaction to it. It's like, you know, it's, it's like reality show. I mean, Desperate Housewives – or uh, like Housewives of whatever. Like it's, it's reality TV. I mean that's right. – you're watching people's genuine reactions to But things. a lot of what you did is if you did it to a celebrity, it wouldn't be magical anymore. The – What's so magic about your show is you're doing it to the audience that's there. If it was Leonardo DiCaprio, it would go. Oh, yeah. And well, the context is – That is a plan. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. No. <laughs> it's, it's that people wander in off the streets and these things right. happen. And, right. and that, that's what makes it magical. <laughs> you sound like the purveyor of magical miracles. You're just like people walking from the streets and these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control Isn't it. Isn't that is kind of what it, it is? It is what it is. Right? It yeah. is what it should be. But as soon as you have a camera, it's like, well, this was arranged. Exactly. This, this didn't just happen. This was engineered. Of and Of course. The, I don't know. I don't know that that's real. I wasn't there. It didn't happen to me. Right. Even though right. I'm watching their reaction. And, right. It's on a stage. Which it is could different, be that you know? card game where every yeah. everybody playing is to milk the one millionaire. Yeah. Or the several millionaires. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, we got a lot of stuff on here. What do you got? You got it. Well, you got to get to your show. It's, oh. it's one. 
What it, time do you have to be there? It's one. That it, clock is wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got another. Whatever, if you have more, I got whatever. Well, we always end, end with... Uh, <laughs> we just end it. We just end it right here. We all, <laughs> we, that's how we started it. was just I sat down and there was no formality to it. So we can end it the same way. It's true. It's still going. It's just more water in the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's what these conversations are. It's funny. We share similar philosophies with your show and this podcast. We're mm-hmm. just like, it's just a thing that's happening. Yeah, you you come fun. in and things happen. We just talk. Um, do you have a great save story that you could tell that wouldn't ruin a trick? A great save I'm interested story. in those moments where, you know, like we were joking, There, there is suggesting tricks where you can... I think uh, Alex stopped recording, but you say, think of it, Blaine's thing, think of a number between one and 50. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they say, oh, you mean like this? And then you're like, well, shit, I can't do that number anymore. But then you save it by thinking of another, like like a guess, a stab in the dark, a moment. Mm. Do ma- magicians have a term for that? Uh, it's like turning right. a fuck up. Like there's a moment where I give you a card. Turning a frown upside down. Turning a frown upside down. I give you a card and I tell you that it's a certain card. And mm-hmm. then you turn it over and it's not a card. And everybody laughs. But then you spin it into something amazing. Uh, I, I used to have more opportunities like that because I was doing more informal. Like even the, shows I, even the shows I was I was doing, they were more informal. Like I, I was having more fun. The shows I used to do were fun. And now <laughs> this show's not. There's no fun in the show that I'm doing now. Uh, but it's, so everything has to hit its mark. So there's no real spinning uh, uh, a thing. Um, uh, the... Uh, hmm. Yeah, no, well, I'll tell you, uh, there's, there's, I don't know how to explain this without giving too much away. There's a, there's a, a piece in the show where uh, I hopefully reveal uh, something about a person through their own life uh, and uh, with the letter. Yeah. And a guy came on stage and um, he I told him uh, he 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 uh, he ended up in a situation where I said he was going to get a he he chose to have a letter uh, uh, from a father and he didn't have a father and he uh, uh, which was peculiar for me I, I didn't because I don't I don't know I, I don't know a lot more than people think in terms of like. Uh, what what's arranged in the show like in terms of like it, it's different for me every day i have no idea who's going to come on stage i have no i genuinely don't know mm. i genuinely don't know the person i don't know who they are i don't know who they will be and i don't know what will happen when they get up there and so there's a, a lot of x factors that are intentionally built in for m- myself because i don't want to have that much you know um knowledge i don't want to know uh i leave lots of variables and so when a random person comes up and he randomly chooses a thing and he's randomly going to receive a thing from a random person, uh, I don't want to. You're more in the chaos than it, I'm. I'm more, more in the chaos than you might think. In a good way that I, I really get to kind of experience it with you, which is what I intended. I want to be on the journey with you. Mm. Um, I don't want to be leading you. I want to be like kind of like we're going through this together. And so I said, okay, so here's what's going to happen. That You're going to open that? And that's uh, – or I said, do you have uh, – uh, so who, who is that going to be from? And he, he said, a father. And it's not his father, just a father. And I go, okay, father, great. Do you have a father? And he said, no. And I went, all right, this will be interesting. And, uh, <laughs> and 
And so, like, you know, imagine my, I'm like, I'm I'm a surprised. I'm I'm more surprised <laughs> right now than anybody. And no one even knows where this is going, but I do. And so he says he doesn't have a father. And I was like, okay, well, here here's what's about to happen. Uh, you're going to open that, and it's going to be a letter uh, to you from your father. And then, and then, and, you know, that's what you're going to see. And then, what we get to see is you uh, change into something different, and uh, this moment <laughs> of transformation. And and I'm just like, this is going to be interesting. And I step back. I'm genuinely curious how this is all going to play out. <laughs> and a guy opens uh, the letter, and he just sits there and reads it. And uh, he, he reads it in silence and finishes, and he looks up, and he's got tears in his eyes. The audience is shaken. I'm, I'm like, this is, this is, a, this is, this is surreal because, like, now everyone's like, who the, f- what is happening? Yeah, he doesn't, have, doesn't a have a father. He's at his father's what father. Is, what is happening? Yeah. You know. And um, and it was a letter from uh, uh, so I said, do you mind? sharing it with us and he he read this beautiful letter that talked about his as being a, what a great how great it is to watch you raise your kids and it makes me uh you know makes me wish I was a better father but like you're the you know you're you're you know you're the best son anyone could ask for it talks about him being a wonderful son and mm-hmm. it's just just beautiful letter about him being an amazing son and watching him raise his kids and the guy's just wrecked and and uh and and he says, you know, love Bob or whatever it was. I said, who is Bob? And he 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 looks. He's looking down at the letter, and he says, Bob is my father-in-law. And then he looks up at me and says, and then he looks at the audience and says, Bob is my father. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it hit everyone in the it just not a dry eye in the house because everyone wow. was completely wrecked wow. because the guy left. The guy came to a show not having a father he said on stage in front of everyone he didn't have a father doesn't have a father and not with any like sadness it's like do you have a dad no uh no oh, me neither you know yeah no big deal and the guy walked off stage with a father yeah. it was you know <laughs> so that was like turning a frown upside down type yes type of moment Amazing. that's really really uh Good for you. magical that you can't you can't construct you can't engineer but you know from time to time Take that, walking through the Great Wall of China. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a nice moment. Nice it's moment. incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, you've done it. Yeah, we're getting there. How are people going to see this show? They have to come to New York City, I guess. Yeah, come to New York City. Uh, uh, do you have to plug it? You may. Oh, it's at the Daryl Roth Theater, which is at Union Square. Um, uh, you said this is going to air in... Well, a couple weeks. So we'll probably be, I would say... August. September. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say oh it's September. It'll come out in September. September? Okay. Um you'll have a couple of months. You'll have a couple of months, but you might have more. Uh yeah. so if you it depends on how many people come and see it, but uh there's a chance this could run um I have a good feeling. At least a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, it's how that's how long I can I can sustain. It's how a very, you can do it. very hard show. Yeah. So uh how long I can keep doing it. But uh but yeah, uh it's uh it's been it's been a good ride and, and uh I appreciate you coming out. Yeah, no, I want to see it again. Yeah, yeah, you should. Is it sold out this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. No, probably not. I don't know, maybe. We'll look into it. Um because Val's gonna meet me. Um well we end the show by talking about 
God, and it, it doesn't. We've been talking for over two hours now, so yeah. it doesn't have to be a long talk. Yeah. What do you What do you think happens when we die? That's really what it boils down to. That's a good to. question. Um, <laughs> it's like the James Lipton. Uh, yeah. The, what kind um, of tree would you be? Uh, you know, I used to have a lot of judgment towards uh, people who believed in God, uh, mo- mo- mostly because of my personal experience with people who believed. Not necessarily sure. the idea of God, but the people who believed in him. People who were mean. People who were mean in his name. Uh, but I I don't – I think it matters – like thinking about what happens after is not as important as thinking about what's happening right now to me. And I, But I do think that it really whatever, – whatever helps you help others more productively, whatever helps you be a better – person but a kinder person a person with more empathy with more uh respect and 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 you know i I used to just be like can't you just can't you just be a good person without a book that some people wrote telling you to be a good person right but now i think you know some people need a book to tell them to be a good person and if that's what you need that's what you need but as long as you're being a good person that's 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 what that's what really matters to me as long as you're being a kind uh person who's not uh not free of judgment that's another problem that like i realize that like it's fine it's fine to to not believe in god and and uh, also but you can't look down on others if they do you can't you can't judge people if they need if they need something to believe in because the world it's hard man their life is hard and if people need something to hold on to and and to believe that there's there's more to it to help them get through a very hard thing I don't want to judge that, you know. Right. It's but, tough. But that's religion as a big bowl of spaghetti that can comfort you and maybe, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. make you happy and mm-hmm. maybe spaghetti that also encourages you to be kind. But is there anything real going on? Real. Like beyond that, do you think that there's a something behind this, something through this, something bigger than what we see? <sighs> I get religion, but is there spirituality? Is there real potential for something greater than the play we're well, kind potential, of potential potential sure i i'm not i haven't i don't have the ego to say no uh, yeah. you know i also don't have the ego to say yes so okay. like i mean i think it takes well, that's what penn says I he think, goes isn't this enough he's like you know people that are like there's an afterlife he's like it's an insult to how much there is here but i don't think it's an insult i don't i think it's an ins- i think it's being emphatic either way i think is like Arrogant. I don't mean like it's fine. I get there's no like the science isn't in it. I, mm-hmm. I I I am. I grew up an atheist. I would I would have considered myself an atheist. But the problem with uh, with atheism, uh, if there is one, is that it kind of the pendulum has swung, and I justifiably in a lot of ways so far that I find that like atheists are as judgmental or more than than Christians in some regards. Like and and that's that's tough. It's like. We're not doing each other any. We're not having a conversation about this. We're not helping each other. We're just judging each other in different ways. I'm judging you because you don't believe in my spaghetti monster, and you're judging me because I, <laughs> I do. I do. You know, and that that's funny. When I talked to Penn on the show, actually on Crashing, we had this great conversation mm-hmm. about how he's saying like atheists are just declaring that they don't know. 
that they believe in infinite possibilities, but the evidence doesn't point to God. Mm-hmm. That's the type of atheist that I feel like Penn is. I know the type of atheists you're talking about. Yeah. You can get the militant, kind of hard, yeah, yeah. rigid atheist. He tends to be a very spacious atheist when I talk to him. Yeah, well, he's, he was like, he's a libertarian. Maybe. To each his own. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's like, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe. I don't think the evidence supports that you're right, but you could be right. Because yeah. I was like, what if, what if you die and you're bad and you go to hell? He's like, maybe. He doesn't say, no, you're a child. Maybe, I agree. He goes, maybe. I agree. I'm, 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 I'm with you. You know, like, I, I think that that's where I would stand to. Yeah. I'm, Interesting. Maybe, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. But again, like, the, the, it's irrelevant. It's really irrelevant to think about in terms of exploring that in, uh, in, a, in a sense of, like, what matters is what's happening now and here. And, and I think that, like, we can, it's... We can we can miss so much by thinking about what might be mm. if we're not thinking about what is. You know, mm. there's so many things that are really struggles happening and people needing help and yeah. just someone to see them or hear them or or to you know be there for them. And if we're thinking about like, wonder what happens when I'm no longer around. It's like you know, there's people over there who could use you, and and yes. it's and you 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 I think tend to. Um, and maybe don't realize how important you are in the sense of everyone is is capable of being there for other people. And yes. if you're busy thinking about yourself and what happens after you're gone, it's kind of like the most selfish conversation you can have. You yes, know, like yes, it's like, great. well, let me think about me now, but let me think about me when I'm not here. Yeah. It's just like a super surreal selfish conversation to have with yourself. Interesting. And, and, and instead of well, I'm here right now, what can I do? And yeah. what, what, how, you know, how can I make a difference? And how what, can I help? How can I help? And what matters? And who, yeah. who needs help? And, and what, what am I doing that, that, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's. No, it's, yeah, it's a well heard thing. For, I do a lot of navel gazing, but I do, you know, I, I just completely, I completely agree with what you're saying. Oh, okay. Thinking about the later takes you out of the now and all the things you could be. Yeah. Putting your attention and your focus on to instead of the very selfish but will I be okay when yeah. I die? Well, what about that guy yeah. that needs help right here and now? Yeah, yeah. And that, and that, you know, if you can focus on that, I guess you're, you're really earning your place in heaven ah. at that point. If you can really well, I think just... the, spir- the spiritual teachers that I study are all saying the same thing. I think that's What's a that? deeply spiritual thing, which is like, don't, that was Buddha's answer. Uh, what happens when you die? He's like, what, what business is that of yours? Well, He's like, yeah. be here. Be yeah. help here. Live here. Accept this moment as your teacher. Yeah. As I'm talking to you, you're blowing my mind in, as, in regards to my intention for creating things uh. in, in terms of my intention for doing a magic trick <laughs> yeah. and also my intention behind wondering what happens when we die. And that's a very beautiful, challenging thing that I'm accepting in this moment. Right. And that feels like where the juice is. Yeah. Not me wondering what I might do after this. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess what I'm saying no, no, is yeah, thank yeah. you. I appreciate. Yeah, it. no, thank you. I mean, I, it's good to have the conversations, I, and I think that I think that uh, I, I think that religion and spirituality is a really important. I think it's a philosophical conversation, though. Like I look at it as a philosophical conversation, and and at the end of the day, uh, one that is directly attached to humans um, needing to 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 figure out the world. Like it, it's not an abstract conversation in that, like. Uh, uh, you can just sit around and think about it casually. I think it's a really important conversation because, like, I think it all comes from a place of people 
wanting to be okay. Like it's like fear and hope and like, you know, getting your life sorted out. And so when you're talking about, I think there's just a sensitivity that needs to be there when having the discussions, because like you're, you're really talking about people's lives. You're literally talking about them trying to get through the world. Mm -hmm. And, and so like, you're not just navigating like a belief system. You're navigating like a belief system built around people trying to make it through the world, Mm -hmm. you know? That's why the question might not be – again, I'm going to have to think about this. Yeah. It might not be selfish because the more work other people have done on what death is mm-hmm. because it's going to happen to you and it's going to happen to me, mm-hmm. that can, if, if it's true, alleviate some of my suffering as well. There mm-hmm. is the way that you do it where yeah. you just go, what about me? What about me? But if you do some exploration and come up with some sort of eternal wisdom, mm-hmm. that can be comforting to everyone because we're all in this together. I think if you confront <laughs> that head on, you, you, you confront – it's like, it's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm an expert at deception because like, that's like the craft that I learned growing up. But mm-hmm. that has made me an expert in truth. Mm-hmm. Like by studying the opposite, I know – I know authenticity, I know reality, and I know truth mm. because I'm an expert in deception. Right. So it's just a contrast. So I think the same is true for, for death. If you, if you maybe become an expert in thinking about death so much, then you really have an appreciation for life in a way that others can't. Right. You right. Know? So right. it is worth exploring in that regard. I, I've been loving this quote lately, and you reminded me of it. It's like, uh, walk with those. It's Deepak Chopra. He says, walk with those seeking truth. Run from those that claim to have found it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I think that's great. That's a good quote to end on. It is a good quote to end on. And you have a show to do. I do have a show to do. I, I, that clock is deceptively wrong. It's so wrong. It's one fifteen. I'm supposed to be setting the stage in like 10 minutes. We're going to get you there. No, no, I'm good. We're good. This is it. This is it. We're gonna, I'll, I'll even put uh, this one out so people uh, will, can still come see the show. That would be But amazing. I'm of the belief that – sorry? You just said that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> no, people seeing the show would be good. I'm of yeah. the belief that people talking about a show that maybe even you haven't seen is a type of hot medium in itself where you have to fill in the blanks and go like, what are they talking about? Yeah, what is this? This is sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Steve Martin's visual gags on the records. Right. You didn't know what he was doing, and that made it better. Right. So I like that we talked about the show and hopefully made people itchy to see it, because it's one of the best things I've ever seen. Thanks, buddy. And you're really, not just magic shows, shows that I've ever seen. And you're really doing it. And you can feel the purity of your intention. Oh, thanks. In why you're doing the show. And that was a message that's very helpful to me, because I find if you don't know why you're doing something, you can start to feel a little bit off. Yeah. And people can feel that and it's not serving anybody. That's nice. And I, t- I told you guys this after I saw it, after all the comedians came down after the, yeah. the show, is that like, it's been nice to like, this show has been a very uh, uh, good experience for me as well because like, it's, you know, hearing like comedians like the show has meant a lot to me. Yeah. It's, it's meant a lot because they shit on magic more than anyone. <laughs> and rightfully so, but like, having, having like, uh, comedians from all across the board have an appreciation for it on some level and, and really respond to it. You and Neil and, uh, uh, you know, lo- lots of comedians who've come out to see it and you stuff. You said Berbiglia saw it uh, yeah. and Mulaney and, you know, That's all these great. guys have really responded to it positively in a, a way that I've never seen them talk about other magic shows because, yeah. like, it's not a magic show in that sense. And so, like, uh, but it is to me, it's, it's, it's a real magic show. It's what I, it's, it's what I want a magic right. show to look like, you right. know? <laughs> And uh, and so it's been really rewarding because like you I, I you know the, uh, comedians you know they're they're kind of the only other 
types of performers or, or artists out there that have to be their writer, they have to be their director, they have to be the performer, they have to like from start to finish they have to do all of the work, which doesn't exist in a lot of you know mediums. Right, Actors right. have a director and they have a you know a writer write their words yeah. and all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to have validation from kind of like the. Uh, the the pretty the pretty sister the pretty stepsister you know <laughs> we've never been called the pretty stepsister yeah, before yeah, yeah. I'm honored yeah well thank you uh, very very much we always end with asking the uh, the guests the hardest time they've ever laughed it doesn't have to be a good story but the that. hardest time they've ever laughed if I ask you to think of you laughing to the point oh, of tears good, that's a good question where are you how old are you um, hardest time I've ever Laughed. You can also open it up to one of the hard times you laughed. No, 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 sure, sure, sure. Uh, I think someone bought me a penis pump once, <laughs> and I I forget the context, but I just remember being at my birthday the and context. opening. I've, I uh, I mean I remember the context of my birthday, and someone bought me a penis pump. And for whatever reason, whatever they wrote on it, I laughed so hard, I like everything stopped. The world stopped, and uh, and that was the hard, a good gag. That was, gift. It was a good. It was a good gag gift. But the I, you know, it was just such a. It was whatever I was going through. Such a good eleventh the, birthday. But uh, and it was. I wish it was something more like. Oh, it was an old Carlin bit. No, no it was. No, no. It was a. Uh, you know, the good old penis, penis pump. pump. Penis pump in the birthday present. <laughs> You know, so uh, but that's it, right? It's just always something you never know. That's always the best ones are simple little things like that. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Derek. Thank you so much. Go see in and of itself in New York City. And uh, we always have the guests say, Keep it crispy at the end. It's just what we do, Pete. Everybody, keep it crispy. Now leaving Nerdist.com.